Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, episode number 127, the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. It is I, Age of the Masterful Dude of Doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandose co-host. Yes, it is I, stunned out of my freaking mind. I, all right, Curtin, I'm Bone King, hi. But like fucking, as soon as I was about to start my intro, this guy just comes in and intercepts me super hard with a really fucking good intro. Fine, fine, you deserve it. But I'm Bone King, I guess. And uh, no laughter, no rain, no thunder. He's not here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is both, uh, you know, calming that the supervillain isn't here, but also suspicious, because that means we don't know when he'll strike. So... <laughs> You hear that, James? We're keeping an eye out for you. But anyway, uh, what episode are we doing today? I think we have a very interesting topic today. Today is a reaction review, which we uh, haven't done one of those in a bit. That's right. Since we did a back-to-back one. Well, but- they keep evolving into fucking specials. We keep watching something like, okay, we're going to want to do this as a special. Yeah, because so it like- keeps being good. But this one, thankfully, we finally got to watch it. It is considered by many a horror cinematic classic in Suspiria. That's right. The original right. Dario Argento film. That is absolutely right. 1977? Uh, I, thought, I thought 76, but, you know, whatever. What's the year? That's fine. We're close. <laughs> it's You'll a know- 70s horror film. It's really weird. 1977. Bam. So you were right. Yes, it's, I it's was. Really, it's really weird. But, uh, you know... Enjoy our thoughts on that and why you should watch it. Of course, our reaction review is spoilers. But before we get into all of that, well, let's spoil our recents. I, well, I appreciate that segue there, but don't worry, uh, you know, avid listener. We do describe a little bit of what it is before we get into spoilers. So you can tune in. Just be aware. We do want to dip into those spoilers pretty fast. So just fair warning. Uh, either way, let's get to those recents that you brought up. You want me to go first? Uh, so mine are, are kind of slim pickings. Oh, I, see. I hope you don't, uh, I, you said, do you want to go first? I asked you a question. You gave me a future response. It's fine. <laughs> go I'm ahead. giving you my answer as I'm giving you my reasons. All I need from you is an answer, Maria. So, so the first thing is, uh, obviously still watching Seinfeld. I started, uh, I just watched the most recent episode I watched was the library episode where Jerry has an overdue book. Oh, my God. And it, and it turns out it was all because of a bully and it's the Tropic of Cancer. It was George all along. It was great. <laughs> uh, one of the best jokes, obviously, is that there's a uh, detective for the library chasing down these books and his name is Detective Bookman. <laughs> and he books people. And, and Kramer's like, that's genius. That's like an ice cream man named Cone. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I fucking guffawed for like five minutes straight Re- at that. Remember, you know, borrowing books at the library? Yeah. Oh, Remember boy. libraries? Support your local library. And libraries do exist. It's, well, bookstores now, but yeah. <laughs> support your local library. Report, report, no, support your local bookstore, please. <laughs> um, report how good they are. I also played some Dragon Ball with a friend, got my ass whooped, but... I played something really fucking weird. I need you to clarify for me, because all you said was play Dragon Ball. The card game. Okay, because it could have been Tenkaichi, Budokai, like, like <laughs> bro, bro, the no. list continues. Um, No, and uh, he beat me in the card game, but then we played something I never played before, but it was 
Monopoly on the Switch. Yeah! That was a weird experience, mostly because I fucking hate Monopoly. Uh-huh. But I won. So now you feel great about it. No, I still hate it. Oh, it's okay. a bad game. Well, do you, do you also, like it? Also, if you get all of Park Place and Boulevard and, and, the rail, and the railroads, you fucking win. It's, it's First off, it's a boardwalk. And I know because that's the first one I gunned for is the blue squares. Yeah, I know. Yes. It, it's, and Bro. if you get those t- those uh, railroads, that's very helpful, too. I got Absolutely. accidentally all the railroads on my first like go around. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking crazy. But... Monopoly on the Switch also has capability of, like, house rules, and you have, like, obviously uh, unlockable characters that you could use. But this is the most, and I think, best part, because I also have Monopoly for the Switch. I play it with my boyfriend. How do you like Monopoly when everything's freaking automated for you? You don't have to spend 20 minutes funneling around with funny money. True. I do like that. It's very quick. I also like that there's no pickup. But I hate the fact that I can't flip the table. But well, unlike Tabletop Simulator, where you can. Yes, that is absolutely correct. I mean, you could flip your Switch, but I don't think that's intended. No, no, that'd be a bad idea. Uh, talk about a weird flip here, but I finally got some musicians I want to talk about in recents. Because usually I'm the one that's left out of those. All right, I'll give you that segue. I mean, flip into... All right, yeah, sure. It is new. It is a change of pace. So, um... I've been getting more into jazz, too. Really? This is the perfect time for you to go with the B-movie. So you like jazz? <laughs> you like jazz? Well, but hold on. Jazz is like a parent genre. There's so many. So what kind of jazz? But, okay, so how it started, as usually how most things start, it happened because of a video game. It happened because of Fallout. Fallout led me into, like, these this old school 40s jazz. So okay. then I started going to like Miles Coltrane and stuff. And I was listening to this at work. And then a friend of mine was like, dude, have you ever heard of Billy Cobham? And I'm like, no. And apparently it's a solo drum musician who has like these long compositions of nine minutes, eight minutes long, just jazz the fuck out with no lyrics, nothing. It is pure instrumental, huh. but man, Absolutely intense, far out music. I really love it, and he's still dropping albums as recently as 2012. I I, I actually have listened to a couple things like that because jazz was sort of one of the birth birthplaces of rock and stuff. So a lot yeah. of like the early influences are in there too, mm. and like. It, it, it's amazing to see just the instrumental genius with something like that. And I, I'm trying to, I want to say the ventures is close to that. Cause I love the ventures, the shadows it's around that time period. I mm-hmm. think if not like a decade off, which I don't know. No, but this, still. Guy, this, this guy has been making music since like the seventies and he's still going at it and he's a really good drummer. I fucking love drums. So mm-hmm. as you know, I'm a failed drummer. And uh, speaking <laughs> of rock, uh, a band I dropped last week, uh, I've been listening to nonstop. I can't wait for Spotify rap to show me how much I repeated their fucking album. Uh-huh. I mean, sorry, their singles, their albums coming out April 8th. It is wet leg. I've played them for you. And, and you, you mentioned I, them on the previous you, episode. Yeah. And you actually like their music. I, uh, I played them a little bit while we were watching Mulholland drive to, uh-huh. for that eventual special. Well, in, in case you didn't know what thing we tried watching as a reaction review and was like, well then fuck. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but still, Wet Leg, fucking great band. And uh, lastly, and this is going to lead into a weird crossover here, but I got to see the Gip Mask. Is that your name? 
he prefers to be called Gun Gimp. Gun Gimp and uh And Funk Fist. And Funk Fist, which is <laughs> which is so funny on Dead Rising 3's and en- multiple endings, excuse me. And well yeah. That shit was the fucking Lord of Rings, because that was a fake out. <laughs> that was a fake there was credits. And there was like, oh, more game. Well, it, it did like the Marvel movie Stinger, but it had a little gameplay at the end, I Bro, guess. Bro, Burnsy and I, we were all just like, that's not the end. That's no, not the end. of course not. That's not the end. Oh, it, you, it, it, it ended? No. Oh, it didn't end. If oh, you ever okay. see a zombie movie, you know that the first ending is never the real ending. Like, I don't know, something along those lines. Looking at you, John of the Dead. Anyway. Um, but that was, a, that was a fun stream. I was watching that while I was editing uh-huh. somewhat. I'm lying. I wasn't editing. I, I was too engrossed. In too how, engrossed. And how this MPC Focus on the gross. just <laughs> ended up having, like, the most health. Oh, no, but he's... Annie? I, I explained... Okay, we can't talk about spoilers because this is Endgame for Dead Rising 3. However, I explained to you, she is plot critical. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the other did. guy is also plot critical. And they apparently have infinite health bars, way more than the other characters. Well, that's the end of my recents. Why don't you segue into yours now? Oh, I will rise right into mine. Just watch me. Uh, fucking- I'm dead from all this segue. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I literally am going to die in a cough right there. Um, but no, so Dead Rising 3, I've, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, because it, it's literally taken Finally us, ended, though. Yeah, Thank all god. of fucking January to finish it, and the first week of February. But you know what? It was worth taking our time through it. Because this game has proven itself to be a, a nice evolution of Dead Rising. It's not the same as Dead Rising 1. It's not as, uh, like, it's not the fan favorite that Dead Rising 2 was, and I feel like Dead Rising 2 had a lot more, uh, it was more honed in, and it wasn't focused on being open world, but this is as good as an open world Dead Rising game, like, could have been, I feel, to me, and it could have even been better with just a fix with the color palette. I'm trying not to get too much on that story, but if I were to get into the story, I would definitely mention that the characters are not annoying, they're all fairly lovable, um, that's par for the course for Dead Rising. It wasn't obnoxious like Off the Record was. It it actually tried, which kind of depresses me that the initial Xbox One release failed or whatever, and then the PC release was a buggy mess. So like no one got to really experience it when the game came out. But uh, honestly, this wasn't Capcom developed. It was Capcom published. But they hired somebody else, right? Yeah, a, there's been a- more of a Western push with Dead Rising. Like, there's Western studios. I think Canadian studios. Because Blue Castle did Dead Rising 2. I don't know if they did 3. But what I do know is that it's still a Western development team. And I feel like they carry on the tone very well. Dead Rising's 2 and 3. They each have their own theming. And I, I'm i just trying to get to the point where I felt satisfied with my Dead Rising experience. Yeah, I mean, you talked quite a bit about it. You talked about how fun it was. Granted, I only saw the ending. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see all of it. But the game did look fun. It was easier. It was brown and dark. That, that was the problem with the color palette. I guess since every other game around that time wanted to be gritty realistic, it's just like grays and browns, which clash super hard with the super fun weapons you're supposed to be using on the enemy. So right. it's like... The fuck is the bomb bear thing? You were oh, okay. First off, Boom Bear is a fucking OG saint. And what he does is he racks up my pee-pee. All right? Straight what up. What does that even mean? The Play Dead Rising and find out. 
it's I think it's photo points, but it really doesn't make any sense anymore because we're not taking pictures or was it just PowerPoints by this point point either way? I just want to say that it was a way easier Dead Rising game But then again, there's also a nightmare mode that apparently like changes things to be harder So maybe that's the difference that Are I you want to play that probably I definitely want to try it because it's if that's the traditional Dead Rising Oh, I've got to meet deadlines. That's like the kind of gameplay that I was nostalgic now, will everyone like that? I don't know. So that's why they probably relegated it to nightmare mode. As it stands, the original story is tonally very fun, uh, consistent, and a fun Dead Rising game, if not easy. That's Would it. you give a score 1 out of 10? Would you do that? Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, sure. I give it an 8. Absolutely. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah, Dead Rising 2 is a 9 out of 10. Dead Rising 1 is also a hmm, 9 out of 10. Well, Dead Rising 1 doesn't age so well. That's the one problem. So would it be a 7? Okay, Dead Rising 3, I don't know. I, it feels mean to give it a C. You know what I mean? It's a little oh, bit better. Oh, we're doing tier list now. <laughs> oh, God, because I guess not. I guess yes. Dead Rising 3 gets a C. Dead Rising 2 gets an, an A. And Dead Rising 1 gets a B. Just because it's a little bit harder to get back into. I literally just got done playing a little bit of the first one. Mm. I got inspired to go back and play a little bit of Dead Rising. And it's like the first one is way more strict in terms of what you could do and timing. And 3 is just letting you do all sorts of action-y shit. So bef- before you finish... Sorry, uh, I know I got a little bit crazy in there. No, no, no. Before you finish talking about Dead Rising 3 and what are you going to stream next? What's the Bone King going to tackle? So I have like, I'm very seasonal, you know me, very seasonal. Uh, I I try to pick things within uh, a sort of theme. So I have a game lined up. Have I settled on it? I don't know yet. But it's, I don't know. I have an idea. It's it's usually a surprise. So unfortunately, I have no hints other than it may harken back to the previous game I played in February. Which was Rule of Rose, in case you forgot. <laughs> I did forget, because I don't even remember two weeks ago. That's How the fuck okay. Am I that? <laughs> but either way, uh, yeah, no, I really did enjoy Dead Rising 3. I definitely do check it out. All right, that's awesome, man. Next thing on my recent, sorry, I got really in there, just because I was so shocked, dude. I thought it was going to be just a farce, like, off the record, but it really wasn't. Are you going to touch four? I thought about it. Has no co-op, so I don't have Barb to be an excuse to keep playing. Not only that, Barb fucking hates four. We all hate four. In fact, people you haven't even played four. No, because I know what four does. It completely oh my God, cheapens this is the experience. Final Fantasy VII remake all over. Again. No, it's it, it. But even weirder still, like they do a nostalgic thing. We go back to Willamette with Frank, even though he's not Frank. He's just an asshole. Like, ugh, we we will have a Dead Rising episode, and we will get into this. I cannot take. I cannot hijack. I'll be honest. The episode. Not me on that one. You wait. Have you not played Dead Rising? No. Would you want to play Dead Rising? I feel like this is an offer I can't say no to. You're not leaving my house unless you play Dead I mean, I, I will literally find a way to give you a level 50 account and just play through the story level 50. I don't care if it's cheating. I want you to have fun. <laughs> it's, it's a fun experience. Dead Rising 2 is a great game. Anyway, before we get too much on Dead Rising, I'm sorry. Uh, moving on. Oh, because, oh, God. Speaking of getting too much into things. So I saw Paranoia Agent. Dude, you talked about it on Twitter. What's up? So and I, you talked about it last week. So I finished Paranoia Agent. Oh, it was a short anime then. It's 13 episodes. Okay. Perfect length. Perfect length. Much like a visiting the bear bar on a Thursday night. Perfect length. Uh, I, I just... I shit you not, man. I, I waited until the podcast to tell you this. This show is a fucking tour de force in terms of theming. 
uh, representation, metaphors, uh, the the uniqueness, of, even down to details, such details, the way characters are all uniquely designed, They're, there's no template for everybody, the soundtrack is interesting and, and actually matters to the context of what's going on, there's so much goddamn thought put into everything that I legitimately think this is my favorite anime of all time. Over Bebop. Over Bebop. I know, I know James is livid right now, but I... I mean, look, I, Bebop he said is, he liked it. I'm never going to say Bebop was a bad anime. It's not. I still love it to death. It's it's also a tour de force in theming, but the yeah, way that... Bebop's got the second best anime intro. But... Wow, we're bringing this again. <laughs> I, 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 do, I actually got concerned when I was putting that in. Like, do people not know Smile Bomb? Has it been I've that never long? Heard of Smile Bomb. Has it been that long since someone's watched Yu Yu Hakusho? Has it been that long? I don't know. Uh, Didn't e- remember it off the top of my head, so I'm sorry. Either way, but thank you for that refresher on the last episode. You're welcome. But uh, Paranoia, okay, Cowboy Bebop is great at theming, and it has a story to tell. But it's so much more focused on that story it wants to tell. It wants to be more of like a, a romantic kind of tragedy thing, which is great, which really works well, but I love the human element in Paranoia Agent. I it's, thought Paranoia Agent was, uh, oh my God, the, the name escapes me, but an anthology series. There we go. I called it an anthology and James corrected me, and it's kind of both an anthology and not an anthology in the same way. Can Most, you, can you can I will elaborate? Uh, no. I won't elaborate. I'm, I'm David Lynch. I can't elaborate. Uh, but no. So speaking of Lynch, I don't mean to be that guy, but I, because. It's all right. I, ca- I called you out on your bonking dis- uh, nexus. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, my God, man. Anything that makes me think metaphorically is so Lynch. But it's my frame of reference. I'm sorry. Either way, watching this made me feel like I was watching a very art- artsy film like a David Lynch thing. I don't want to say he Satoshi Khan is David Lynch. He's not. It's just got me thinking on that same He's level. He's the weeb Lynch. Don't put words in my mouth. You can put a lot of things in my mouth, Adrian, but that is not one of them. All right. I'm just saying. I I genuinely found myself like going back and and finding smaller details that I didn't notice the first time. And when you finish the anime, it's not a spoiler. They literally tell you to watch it again. They're just like, watch it again. There's more shit you missed. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. So I went back. It, you rewatched the same? No, I rewatched the first episode. Oh. I didn't get through the whole thing, but we I went but, back. But now you're like, oh fuck, I'm going again. Yes, I got to mention, I watched all the episodes with my good friend, Julian the Czar, who's Yo, been on the show before. Julian. So thank you, the Czar, for definitely fucking like, setting it up and inviting me to watch it because it ended up being my favorite anime. Like The fact that the unifier is stress, that's the anthology bit. We follow different characters at how they each have different mental breaks. And and I can't. I'm not gonna go into where that goes into. Right, right. But I love that through line. It becomes way more humanizing. Cowboy Bebop has a romantic story to tell about Spike Spiegel, but fucking Paranoia Agents about us. It's about people. And and it, it, if there's not one, there's fucking multiple people the audience will attach to. Episode eight was the one I brought up on Twitter. Yeah, you did. Almost. A good amount of these episodes could be their own movies. That's how I feel about them. If they each have just, their own time to breathe. Just because of the plot itself, you feel that 
this plot could carry a two-hour movie or something, something. The mere unifier of it being stress is just something that could be a recurring theme in a director's films. Each one tackles it in a completely different way to where I feel like I'm getting rapid-fire art films. And I'm loving it so fucking much. Even so to the point where I looked up a director interview and he's like, Satoshi Khan's like, yeah, no, I, this show is literally a chance for me to just use all the cutting floor ideas that I couldn't put in my movies. Wow. Is that not a genius idea to do for a TV show? That's great. Like, ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> you think about it, And then there's one episode, and I'm not going to get into the spoilers, that's about a bunch of housewives gossiping. And it's rapid fire that you could tell these were the director's ideas that he just couldn't put anywhere. So it's just like one after the other after the other. I genuinely adore this anime. And I'm and to be honest, I will be watching it again. I want everyone to watch it because guess what, fuckers? You don't even have to buy it. You don't need no Crunchyroll. You don't you need don't? no. Guess where it is? Where? YouTube. All of it? Someone uploaded the entire goddamn series in English and Japanese with English subs, both as separate playlists on YouTube. This is because apparently this fucking show is in like ownership oh, limbo. Oh shit. What? This, this guy made Tokyo Godfathers and Perfect Blue. This is Satoshi Khan. Yes. Wow. I I fucking cried in Tokyo Godfathers. You do not understand. This man has a way of fucking humanizing characters. I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about Tokyo Godfathers. Well, what's up? What do you read? No, I just found out he died. He passed away in 2010. Yeah. Which bro. depresses me to no end. I don't want to be that. Look, look. Absolutely, it's his life and, you know, whatever. It was his time. It was his time. I hate being that rabid fan that now that I've discovered discovered an artist who's passed away, I can't get more. So, like, I have to choose my limited selection. I'm like, fuck, man. That sucks. But, I I mean, I understand that's, that's life. So, bring it back to jazz. Uh, sorry. I gushed a bit because I really, really But, again, it. for those that did watch Tokyo Godfathers and Perfect Blue and P- Paprika and stuff like that, Paranoia Agent exists and... The- and those films, these ideas were cut from there. If you like those, you'll like this show very Basically. much. So. Man, the different art styles. It'll it'll switch art styles for meaning, not just for some zany sake for chibiism or whatever. Like it it actually has a purpose story wise. I know I gotta get off. Okay, so oh boy did I. Anyway, so the last thing I want to mention is Yu Gi Oh. Um, I wanted to bring this up because I know you're a fellow avid card player. Is this is I, there's an issue. That has been procking up for me. Turn one kills? Turn two kills. Oh, okay. So I I thought Yu-Gi-Oh was at turn one. Now we're at turn two. Got it. No, oh my god like it, it could be turn one it really can't because then you just make the other person not be it able to respond it just matters who wins the die roll and that's the problem with Yu-Gi-Oh but that's the thing I've been talking to a lot of multiple people like uh, my good friends uh, uh, Yin my good friend Demo uh, we've been talking about Yu-Gi-Oh I know I haven't mentioned them on the show before they're they're my, my card friends and I talked to them about it and they're just like that's the game and I'm like I get it but was it always this no, I remember I think it started about eight years ago that's when my dame walked into the office. I'm, I'm on a jazzy mood set ever since you brought that up. Uh, no, I don't but think about it. Like when you quit Yu-Gi-Oh, what? Why'd you quit? She could have dueled any deck, but she had the deck mine. <laughs> Duel, fuck. I had to send him to the shadow realm. <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart, you're going to the shadow realm. Uh, but no, like it wasn't until the swords are revealing light <laughs> showed me what a liar she was. I knew no matter what happened, I'd have little Karibo by my side. 
either way, uh, it's because I understand their argument in the sense that power creep happens and this is just the evolution of card games. But at what point is that not paced well? It should, there should not be a... Konami's not paced well at all. Which also I feel like factors a little bit because if anyone's not doing balancing... It's these guys, I'm just saying. But, like, I understand they're the idea that this is the new meta, and if you don't adapt, that's really just it. But doesn't that just make it so that there is no duel? It's who gets to solitaire. That's the game. Yeah, and who I goes underst- first? I understand that's valid, and some people may find that, like, oh, that's impressive that someone can do that. Sure, but are we dueling by that point? Is it a fun game? So, Not for me. So I know. He- here's the thing I can tell you. First, first and foremost, I I don't, I'm not interested at all in Yu-Gi-Oh. This is just me personally. I do have friends that play Yu-Gi-Oh and they all vent very similarly about what you're talking about. This isn't a new phenomenon. No offense to you. It's new to you, but it's not new to Yu-Gi-Oh's card players. But no. if you look at it, right? While I'm a Dragon Ball player, Dragon Ball's not the top three. The top three dogs are, are Pokemon Magic the Gathering, and Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm. Two of those three have rotation where they take out certain cards. Like, these sets banned. There's we, banned lists in Yu-Gi-Oh. No, yeah. no, but like, the whole set of cards, they don't exist anymore. We do a rotating list of what's good and what's allowed in a tournament. Huh. And Pokemon and Magic have that. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't. Yu-Gi-Oh well, does a ban list. Like, I, yeah, but I, it's I, one card at a time. What was it? Well, not like, Pot of Greed is one of the more famous banned cards. I, well, it's not one card at a time, but it's not whole archetypes like you're right. saying. It's yeah. not whole boxes, booster boxes that Themes are banned. that are banned. Right. Yeah. Um, so there is an argument to be made that maybe some of this shit just needs to get rotated out and not used anymore. I... I I understand that, and that's kind of, like, why I feel like the ban list is there, but it's not efficient enough. Like, I think Pokemon and Magic, from what I'm hearing, that sounds like a way more worthwhile to make it more balanced, but it also limits to what people can use, but I guess they're doing that no, anyway. No, I, like, I personally don't like rotation. Dragon Ball doesn't do rotation, they do ban lists. Hmm. But it's something to be said, because, for example, let's say Magic, right? Magic has had, has been around since the 90s, like before pokemon it was like the first one and there's a hundred sets now right uh-huh so sets 100 to 120 those are allowed in a tournament but anything before 100 you can't use in a tournament you could use in a different format right they have magic has like four four formats they have commander they have standard and then they have uh legacy no so it's three Legacy, you could use whatever you want. Yeah, that's standard. Yu Gi Oh also has Legacy or TCG or whatever. Right. But Legacy is just everything. Mm-hmm. And then standards, like, okay, you can only use these five sets uh, 15 to 20, you can only use those five. And then, for example, Pokemon does the same thing where they can only allow a certain amount because they've been around for such a long time. Yu Gi Oh has been around since what, 01? I would even think even sooner. No, 01. No, you're right. That that yeah, the card the original cards used to say 01. You're right. Yeah, because that was when the anime came out. Yeah. And the anime was used to market the cards. I, I want to mention this because I know someone's screaming at me right now. Yes, there are ways to stop people from winning on turn two. There is. There is an out, and this is the strategy. You need to have a tr- a hand trap or something to negate them from doing their turn. 
but you but need that to loses deck space. But no, but that plus you need to luck into drawing that for yeah. turn one. If not, GG scoop that you're done. There's no. I have like, a question about Yu-Gi-Oh. If I may ask. Sure. So, for example, with Dragon Ball, I, I hate to use that, but that's my term of no, reference. No, that's fine. That's why I brought you here. Um. So, for example, in it, there's like this particular card in Dragon Ball called Son Goku: The Adventure Begins. I can only have four of those cards. Okay, damn, that's a lot. Yu-Gi-Oh only lets you get three. Yu-Gi-Oh only lets you get three, three of each. So you can only have three and? of that hand. Tra- How, what's your deck size? No, no. And what's your minimum deck size? Minimum's forty. Maximum is like sixty. Uh, Dragon Ball's fifty. Maximum sixty. It, it's within that range, but okay, it's three of each, and there's some cards that are limited, which means you get one, and some cards that do only get two. But I don't know what the name is for that one. We have cards that are like of the highest rarity that are only allowed one in a one in a deck. That's and like they, limited. But they're yeah. the they're the boss monster of the deck. So mm. like if you play that, usually you're winning the game or you're causing your opponent to lose a turn mm-hmm. or wipe his board, whatever. That's usually how it goes. And and there's board breakers too, by the way, because I, I know that's another thing someone's going to yell at me where, yeah, even if they do get all their monsters out on the field, you could just dark hole or you could just summon over them or something. Well, A... Hopefully they're affected by card effects because there's just something to do that. It. And and it it's just you get a board breaker and all it does is reset it to zero to when they'll just do it again the next turn. I don't I don't know. I just feel like it's too Shit, fast. Bro. And the grave always cycles back into the deck. Well, you can't mill them out. Some people do that. Can you mill them out? You can mill them out. There's banishing. You can do stuff. There's there's ways. But I find when I go on, but platinum, it just limits your deck space. No, I'm sorry to talk over you. No, but it just it's limits fine. your deck space. What what bothers me is less that it limits it and more that it means that I can't do fun things with my archetype because I have to do the only defense. Some mm. people like to bring up that Yu-Gi-Oh is a puzzle and it's all about finding the way around your opponent. Awesome. Totally. How am I going to find a way around my opponent on one turn? And how am I going to find a solution if the solution is always negate or board break? There, there is no other fun, creative way. As far as I find in the platinum ranks, it, it's because, and this is the heart of the issue, people want to bin max. And that's not a bad thing. You fucking said heart of the issue where this shit was hard. This of the is cards. the heart of the cards, all right? <laughs> right here. These are the heart of the cards. People want to min max, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what that does is that means that when you go to platinum rank, everyone's using the same three deck types. What's min maxing? Min maxing is like optimum deck. You, this is the best deck. One person came up with it. Now everybody uses it because Blank, it is good the, deck. Doc lives. the best. Yeah, you went online and this was the tournament one, and it works for everyone because it is optimum. Not only that, but it's probably like a newer archetype that just got a buff or something that Yu-Gi-Oh didn't balance at all. True Dracos. Um, either way, it's like. People use the same archetypes, and I get sick fighting the exact same three archetypes that I don't even get to interact with. Mm. It's like, God forbid I want to use my Skull Servants in a duel. Not even worth it if I'm going to sit there and scoop turn two. It's not worth it. Anyway, rant over. Balancing is important. Speed is, you need to have, you can control the speed when you're playing with friends, but when you get into ranked and tournament level shit, you have to go max optimum. That is how it works. And I can't complain about that. That's how it works. Optimum cards are usually the most expensive. Right. And it's weird for me to tell people. So then people, it becomes pay to win, doesn't it? But it, it uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, but it's like, it's hard for me to tell people, don't use the best cards. Focus more on fun. Is that even a valid criticism? It's one that I tell myself, but I don't know. I genuinely don't. I'm not saying I'm right. No, no, no. I, I've i built my fair share of decks, of course. I've been playing Dragon Ball since 2018. 
so there are some decks that I play only with friends that are fun. Right. That are like theme decks. Like, for example, uh, the deck I lost, that was a Frieza was revived back resurrection oh, card. And it was all Frieza hey, shit. Resurrection F? Yeah, that was it. That hey. was from the card, from that, all that. And I built it like that. I lost, but I had fun doing it. My friend was playing Raditz and he was using apes and it was great. It was very thematic. I'm not taking that to a tournament. I have a tournament fucking deck that I'll take and shit. And it's usually the best cards, whatever. Right. So here I think is a future question of the week now that I think about it. What is what do you prioritize? A fun build or the best build? Oh. Because it could differ wildly. I know that for me, winning isn't fucking everything. You know, I don't give a fuck that I walk away from this duel winning. I want to have an experience where we got close or we did something. I don't give a shit that you solitaire to victory. I'm not impressed by this. Some people are. I'm not. We need Rude on that one just because he's a magic player. Oh, uh, yeah. So that way we can kind of... I wish we had a Pokemon player. We'll, we'll make sure to make, make it the best triple triad we could ever have. Yep. That's for all the Final Fantasy VIII fans out is, there. Is is that the end of your recents? That is the end of my extensive recents. My apologies, everyone, but it's been a thought-provoking fucking week. <laughs> it's all right, man. I mean, you've been busy. You've been a busy bee. Speaking of being a busy bee, somebody else has been busy in the news. Yeah, that's right. And Do you want to start with Nintendo? Yeah, let's fucking get it out of the way. The Nintendo Direct the, wanna... happened last night. Yesterday? Uh, or and yesterday, the... the day before. You're not supposed to know when we record. It's just at Everybody some point. Everybody knows when we record. Shush. All of the people that we shout out know when we record. They don't know. They, they're, they, you know, object permanence? Time permanence. They have none. Hashtag time permanence. Thank you. Anyway. So, I guess the first question is, should we talk about our opinions on it? I'm personally, I'm just glad I didn't have to do a reaction review on this. One. Yeah, we were thinking about it, but it's like there really, it didn't. There was definitely something there, but not for any of us specifically. Right. So we couldn't find ourselves really filling that whole time. But either way, there were some things to talk about. I was gonna bring up the two, whatever. I guess I'll bring it up after. Let's go Nintendo. So first things first. Uh, they did Advance Wars. That's a definite way to start the show out. Yeah, I've never heard of this series. I've never seen it. Wait, so. really? Yeah, I've never. I'm, but I'm not a RTS guy. Do you, wait. So is this your first time hearing about a period? Yeah. And okay. The first time I saw gameplay of it. That makes me giddy because I used to sort of grow up with Advance Wars. Okay. Advance Wars was on the Game Boy Advance, and it was a series that like my friends would always have, but I never bought, so I always used to take their cartridges. We, we would trade cartridges, and I would borrow it for a bit. Mm. Man, Advance Wars was great. It's basically like Fire Emblem, but with military... Well, hold on. They use militaries there. Uh, modern modern day, military. Yeah, modern there military. Were tanks and shit. Yeah, and it's, it, it's a lot of fun. It's an actual strategy game, and it seems like they're going back at it. But is the gameplay like that, where just left and right meet, and then left shoots at right and right shoots well, at left. Well, that's how Fire Emblem works. I never played Fire it, Emblem. It, you're on a grid, right? And you have units on that grid. Whenever they go into combat, they show up on the left, show up on the right, and then they do their combat animation and go back down. They're not actually there the whole time. Oh, so it's not like yeah. XCOM where you just no. oversee everything and well, it, it's grid, but you see the combat. Audience, I'm so sorry to confuse you. It is like XCOM in that sense where you, you're overhead and you're seeing it, but when it cuts to battle, the animation just cuts to a, a cut up, like a close up of oh. left and right. And then it goes back to that overview. 
It was on the Game Boy Advance. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they remastered it or remade it? It seems almost like a remake, but they're calling it a remaster. I call it a rem... No, I call it a remake only because all the original content is there, but they're adding more. And it's a brand new engine, so I I don't know. Like I would call it a remake. Hmm. They added voice acting. They added new content. I I dig it, but this is just the first thing. I'm not gonna step, spend too much time on got it. Got it. Got it. But I do enjoy Advance Wars, and I'm happy to see it getting its its fair share. So um, so oh god, so this one. I, I got really excited in the beginning because I was like, oh, my God, it's Fire Emblem. Oh, cool. Fire Emblem. Oh, Sweet so, Fire Emblem. Oh, oh. Fire Emblem Warriors. Let's oh. just add Warriors to every fucking thing. Oh, we're doing this again. Okay. Look, somewhere out there, someone likes Musou games. I'm not going to shit on them. It's a, it is a long and his, historied and storied franchise. We've all played Dynasty Warriors 3 on the PS2. Do you know how many Dynasty Warrior games there are? Like, by, like within that 30, vein? 30, I think? It's, it's like within the 50s. There's so many games... Just they what they do. All right, for those who don't know what a Musou game is, it's a. I think it's Bandai Namco who really like corners the market on it. But basically, what it is is it's those kind of games where you're in a world map, like a kind of big battlefield, and you're just destroying smaller enemies at a time with big flashy moves. What they do is they take this core gameplay and just swap out the theme. We had Hyrule Warriors. We had uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. We had... uh, Well, no, we're having Fire Emblem. No, we had it before. Oh, we had it before. This is our second Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, the we had a sequel to Hyrule Warriors, which was just Breath of the Wild shit. Yeah, so this is our sequel for both, but they they do it with other things too, like Dragon Quest got one, Fist of the North Star got one. There's just a ton. Persona got one with Persona Five Strikers. Oh, strikers yeah. yeah. So like this is a a genre that's just fucking everywhere. I don't personally get too invested. The best one for me was Hyrule Warriors, just for fan service, and that's it. But that's it. I mean, three houses. Oh, this one's based on three houses. So oh, it's called Three Hopes. Three hopes. Whatever. They also show gameplay. Speaking of three, uh, should we just skip ahead to triangle strategy? Uh, sure. I, I like how this is shaping up to be more like tactics than Octopath Traveler. Yeah, because you didn't really care that much for Octopath Traveler. I, okay. So someone talked to me and told me that my initial opinion of Octopath Traveler was wrong. That when, uh, look, not my opinion was wrong, but that the thing that I was saying was wrong. Because I thought, you know, me playing through about nine or ten chapters, that none of the characters really interacted outside of just these little cutaways where they were on a stage that was specific to just two of them at a time. Which was weird in an RPG where you'd think all the characters would be talking to each other as the events are happening. Apparently at some point, they do unify into one story. Now... I don't know if it takes too long to get to that point because I was going through a lot of fucking filler and I was like, I don't think they're going to do this. And it, I it went up. too long for you then for me. And I'm going to preface this. My, the opinions of bone King are not that of <laughs> fan freaks and everybody who listens. Okay. I just, I know certain things irk me. And I was like, why are my characters not talking to each other? This is so bizarre for like half a game. Oh my God. How bizarre. How bizarre. Um, so next up, Look, I keep seeing this picture. We got to talk about it. I don't even care Kirby? when it showed up. We got to talk about throat goat Kirby deep throating a car. We have to. I we have to. It it's just okay. Look, let's also talk about one thing about the 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 cryptid horror that is Kirby's <laughs> mouth. He he's a cryptid and eldritch. He he literally is an eldritch being. You know this, right? Right. Like within his canon. But in the gameplay, well. I know Nintendo fans that fucking hate Kirby love the gameplay because it's 
It's Super Mario, uh, the the one with the hat. I forgot it. Odyssey. Odyssey? It kind of looks like it. Oh, now that you bring it up, in terms of him possessing objects, it's him a lot possessing creepier. objects? Also, it's New Dog City, but just overrun. Oh, I just took it as Nier Automata, the city from there. <laughs> Everyone's saying that, and now I can't unsee it. It's post-apocalyptic Kirby. So Kirby's 2B? The Kirby. The Kirby of us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Throat Goat Kirby. I mean, the gameplay looks fun, but I'm, I don't know. If you were on, um, by the way, I, have I ever shouted out my Discord? Holy crap. Uh, if you're ever on the Bone King Nexus, which is a Discord I run, um, it's on my Twitter if, if you don't know where it I've is. I've been annoying on it, yeah. Yeah, no, you've been actually very, very cool. Thank you for filling out the empty gaps of silence that I leave. I'm sorry, I've been so busy. Either way, um, if you were in there, you know I was kind of like live tweeting it through the general chat. Uh, and I, I just, the first thing I was saying is like, that's body horror. That's a straight up body horror. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, he didn't, like Kirby has swallowed big things in the past. Giggity. I get it. Like totally. But he's always swallowed them. He's never had it dangling out of his mouth, like ha like the whole thing inside him. And then having the thing move him. It just feels like, oh, oh. and I just, I get a feeling of like, wow, that's, that's some, again, it's some, heavy, man. That's some throat game for real. I, the Kirby obviously has no gag reflex. Game recognizes game. I, it's just hard to not make that obvious because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was going to make a tweet that was basically a joke being like, oh my gosh, look how much cocky could suck. And, and it's like, am I going to be the only person making that joke? No. Am I going to be that guy? internet has. Because I felt like that guy, like, I, yeah, it's like dick sucking. Get over it, man. Kirby's wholesome. And I'm like, okay. No. This was all happening in my head. Right, so, but the entire internet already made that joke a hundred times over. I couldn't help it. And even then, I wouldn't, I didn't want to be the extra no. guy there. But either way, it was a, f Kirby doing that is just very interesting to me. Um, oh, we didn't even mention what it's called. Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. That's the game. The, the mode in which you can deep throat, mouthful mode. Which is what I'm calling BJ's from henceforth. I hope you know this. <laughs> All right. I went Hashtag mouthful mode. I went mouthful mode with my boyfriend last night. <laughs> this is the best. I love you, Kirby. You're the best. You've never fucked up. I, I can't think of it. Well, have you played Kirby games? Yes. Actually, fairly often. You like them that I, much? I'm that weird asshole who likes Kirby 64 and the Crystal Shards. Wow. That game's soundtrack is fucking ethereal. I like it. <laughs> Anyway, ethereal whatever man <laughs> Not ethereal stopping so what, uh, what else should we talk about mario kart uh yes all right so let's talk about mario kart so mario kart has a thing right where it's we're DLC. never getting nine i mean it's do they have to by this point no to live actually, service. I, actually i think i prefer this what i would like is more characters it kind of sucks it's just courses but whatever yeah that's true <laughs> but i mean 48 courses okay have I mentioned this on the show before? I think all these party games, like Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Tennis... Smash? ...will get to the point where it's sort of Mario Party Brothers or, or Mario Kart Brothers or something, where it's every Nintendo franchise. We're going to get to the point where it's Nintendo Kart or something. I feel it coming, and when Nintendo gets desperate enough, we'll get there, but they've never gotten to that just yet, so I don't know. It's a theory in the back of my head. What does this have to do with them getting 48 courses in, 
until 2023. Because if they have a shit ton of courses, then they can drip feed characters, and these characters can be from other sources, such oh. as like the previous Animal Crossing and and Lincoln Park, Link <laughs> DLC. <laughs> yeah, when Chester Bennington came into Mario Kart, that was the <laughs> sickest shit. Let me tell you. Um, but still, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not against it. I think Mario Kart is a cheating son of a bitch. So I mean, that's just me. Uh, you you hate Mario Kart? Oh boy, man! There used to be a time when Mario Kart had some honor, but now it's just random bullshit. It's just sounds like somebody's been blue shelled one too many. I times. have been no, no blue shelled everything. I have been everything multiple times. It's never just one thing. Look, Mario Kart used to be. Oh, I hit a banana peel. I'll recover and get back in the ring. No. Now it's, oh, I hit a banana peel, which hit me into a stage hazard. It hit me into a turtle. And then it's like, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! Turn 1 nonsense. And I can't stand it anymore. Give me a chance to respond. I literally get put in the eighth place for one listen, fucking thing. Listen, just really quick. Super easy advice. Get, get good. good. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a me. And it's a pissed off. But one of the things that I noticed uh, regarding this Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC, I guess, which are they have what what is it booster something pass? I don't know booster pack. Are you pack? talking about the World Tour game or is this? No, I'm talking about Mario Kart Eight. They showed off some DLC for uh-huh. 48 courses, and they they labeled it a pass. It's 25 dollars by itself, but really interestingly, if you have the expansion to the online service, it comes included. Which I think is nice. Well, it's because they're panicking now. I'm sorry, but look, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm good at I being... I think it's a good idea. We're at a point where, like, yeah, Nintendo, you do have to make that price tag worthwhile. Do it. Yep. And this is what they have to do. And someone brought up earlier because um, there's an N64 game that I think is coming to the Switch. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, fuck. But either way, it was like... I don't... I know Earthbound is coming to the Which is another thing. I, I, by the way, Vinny almost crashed his car. He was telling me on the Discord. Because he's like, someone mentioned Earthbound? (laughs) He's just... Oh, I feel so bad for He's that one guy that would, like, harass Reggie. Where's Mother 3, you bastard? One guy? Are you kidding? The entire world... I want Mother 3, and I'm not even an Earthbound fan. I saw a Let's Play of Mother 3, and it is a good game. It has a great story, and possibly possibly has the best LGBT representation in any Nintendo game. And they're still too pussy to put it out. Mm. Mm. It's Which, not Birdo? Uh, well, they kind of, they kind of uh, retconned into being progressive on that one. So yeah, I guess. Either way, it, people will tell you like, well, you don't need Nintendo to fucking play Mother 3. There's a fan translation and it's perfectly servable and it's everywhere. You can buy yeah, it. Yeah, but it's not official. And it's sure. not made with Nintendo power. But my point is, is not that I can't get it. Bro, I can fucking get it. Trust me. I, I won't tell you how, but hey. I know I can. But what I want is Nintendo to respect this game because it deserves it. God damn it. Look, I, I'm look. I'm thankful oh, look, for Earthbound. There's F Zero skeleton in the corner. I was just about to bring out F Zero. Like Earthbound fans are starved, but like F Zero is just a skeleton in the corner. God damn, man! Really? Does Mario Kart have to have it all? Does Mario Kart have to be the only fucking racing game? And then they're like, "Here's another racing game. It's Disney." And you're just like, I'm sorry, F Zero fans. Is this? I'm so it's sorry. Free to play, and of course gonna- it is. Of course it. Every every fuck. Because you know, games aren't interested in being games anymore. They have to be fucking live services. And I'm sorry, that doesn't excite me. And by the way, 
I'm going to interject this here because our previous episode was, I we praised Platinum Games a lot. There was recent news that they're basically not focusing on, this is their wording, well-designed single-focused offshoot games. They said they're not focusing on well-designed games anymore. They want games that people can love over a long period of time, which says some asshole above them was like, probably fucking Square, because they're with fucking Square with Nier, and they're just like, all right, your games are great and all, but they don't have the biggest, you know, recurring player base, so you're going to need to change that. So fuck not me, Not player man. base, monetary value. Right. So, like, that upsets me greatly, that games can't be a piece of art anymore. It has to be something that's a game that consistently gives you service. At some point, I'm going to get bored. At some point, it's going to get grindy. I, I'm over it. I'm not going to bring a platinum anymore. But Mario Kart is a different story. Yahoo. Here we go. Yahoo. Uh, what else? What else did the direct have? Oh, Splatoon oh. three showed off single player. My only thing is, and I don't know if any of the freaks out there would agree with me, but please, for the love of God, let me matchmake and have a party with friends on Splatoon. I'm surprised. How is it that this is a fucking multiplayer like four v four, and there's no lobbies? None. That makes no. Nintendo's a little behind on some things. A little, bro. Yeah. Fucking Nintendo Online, I have to talk with my phone. Just use Discord at that point. Uh, By the way, speaking of this little thing, you can actually use Discord on PlayStation now. Oh, yeah. That's a thing now you can. I don't know if I want to integrate it, but I did. I mean, or no, I did, but it's there, I guess. Um, We kind of glanced over it. I do want to mention the Earthbound thing because Earthbound is now basically part of the pass. It's not a separate download. It's part of the online pass thing. So, and it's any tier. So even the first tier, you can get Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings. On SNES and Earthbound Beginnings on the NES. Correct. And you know what? That's a good game. And it deserves that fucking, you know... Uh, port it's and you know what and i feel like they're gonna give it the reverence because they had a whole segment for it so mm. hopefully the earthbound fans that play it find it that it plays the same i don't know because i didn't play it the first right. one so maybe one day i will uh what what else was the direct I... well uh there's two things that i know um really please dr rude uh there is going to be a port of no man's sky uh, coming to the Switch, which, you know what, in terms of like a... It looked over the shoulder. It didn't look first person. I thought No Man's Sky was a first person game. There's a multiplayer or something. There's like a multiple mode or some crazy shit that lets you do that. I don't know. There's a shitload of things when, going on with No Man's Sky. That game won't die. When Dr. Root is on the podcast, feel free to ask him these questions. I don't know. Well, what I do know is that a procedural game is a good idea on a mobile or a handheld console. It's it's a, If you're being busy worked with it, you don't have to be tied to your computer or PS4. It's a good idea. The other game that Dr. Root will enjoy is Portal and Portal 2, uh, dubbed the Companion Collection, a Portal Companion Collection coming to the Switch. My first thought, and probably a lot of Steam players' other first thoughts, is like, so is this Orange Box? We get an Orange Box? Is this just Portal? My first thought was, oh, how convenient, seeing as how the Steam Deck's coming out, let's release something. Yeah, like let's get something Iconic valve. with Steam, yeah. Well, because it's like, I want the orange box. My first thought is, wait, is this orange box? And my second thought is, man, orange box was a great deal. Like Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Half-Life Episode 1, Episode 2, which is three different fucking things. Then Portal, then Team Fortress 2. Um, a stellar lineup for like what? The price of one full game? Yeah. What? Where is this? Where are you, Valve? Where are you? <laughs> 
when all hope was lost, he left us. There, Gabe, <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, and left us. There was a tweet. Couldn't count to three. There was a tweet that was something like, "It's weird to see a Valve game released on a Nintendo console," and then someone took that same tweet and just made it. It's weird to see someone release a Valve game. And it just ended there. <laughs> it is, and it is. It really is. Uh, what else? There's we got? also something else that I uh, we got to mention to Rude when he gets here, if he gets here, is fucking uh, Metroid Dreads getting two mode updates. Oh my god! I'm so pissed. Doctor Rude isn't here because I wanted to be like, so bitch, you beat RE2 without getting bit, huh? Here you go. <laughs> He, and he makes that like a point of contention. I yeah, know. I only play Resident Evil games if I don't get hit. So that's why I'm like, here you go, man. This is your mode. The, I'm not. I'm not being antagonistic. It's I, Samus must die mode. Though. I legit want to see him beat it because if he can do it, I'm impressed. Like it seems really fucking hard, and right. I kind of want him to pull his hair out on it a little bit. I love him. It's just a little bit. But yeah, it's a uh, dread mode or something, and it's right. one hit. Samus dies no matter what. And then there's a rookie mode where you get procedural health back. Oh, that's fun. It's good that they hit both angles of the yeah, difficult yeah. spectrum. That's that cool. one's called rookie mode. Uh, cool. What else? I'm, I'm nice that it's cool that Metroid got professional. That's good. <laughs> uh, that's a Resident Evil reference. Put it on the bingo. So here's something I really want to bring really up. Are really going to like make a bingo image with all the bingos? But it can't just be my shit. Like, someone's got to come up with Unfortunately, you're the one with the most references here. Someone bring... Okay, do, uh, the dude brings up the mafia. At some point, or or crime family, really? that that is his forte, or something that just is like. So I saw something if only really the depressing. The Costellos were around. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I could be Abbott for you if you want. No, but Costellos was a crime family. I know, but I'm like Frank Costello. Ah, God damn it. Right, anyway, so this is something that I'm actually super happy to see a revival. The Yakuza crime family. What? No, continue. What? No. Well, Yakuza Like a Dragon 2 is going to be sick whenever the fuck that happens. But anyway, Mario Strikers is coming back with Mario Strikers Battle League. Yeah. And you know what? Soccer. I see. This is like one. No, but soccer is the most popular sport on the planet. Mm -hmm. And this game is. Whether you like it or not, Americans. I'm just saying. And I'm saying as an American. But Mario has been doing this weird combo of sport fighting game. Yeah. Because Mario Aces was a fucking fighting tennis game. Well, okay. The Strikers game looks like a fighting soccer game. Do you know about you know that this isn't the first soccer Mario game, right? No, there was Yeah, yeah for the GameCube. Is, yeah. So I I wanna bring this up. As a massive nerd that got picked on all the time as a kid, I was not very good at sports. So Mario was like my only goddamn way to feel like I could play a sport. Mm -hmm. So I played a lot of these. I played Mario Tennis, like I played Mario Tennis 64, like the day it came out. I was just as confused, who is Plum? Is she a princess? That's not the case. You're a dumbass, young bone. Uh, either way, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, Mario, uh, the, the baseball game, which I'm forgetting, uh, All-Star or something. Like, I, they make really fun sports games because they add a little bit of gaminess to it. And that mm. really feels familiar to me. I know that won't work for people who like Madden or any other EA or 2K title. But I, I do genuinely enjoy it. So I'm glad to see this no, other sport. No, they're usually very fun games. They're usually very well reviewed. I don't play them because whatever. I, I'm kind of out burnt out on sports games. That's fair. I, I, I but genuinely, there is some, Oh, sorry. No, I'm just, I do recommend you at least trying out some I'll of the other ones. I'll try when you get it. Yeah, because oh. I'll, I'll play it with you. I'll find a way to play it with you on my PC, and we'll play the baseball one. It's actually really cool. Uh, speaking of baseball, there's something to mention here. 
So for like 20 years, Sony had a definitive contract with baseball called MLB The Show. That was their game. Everybody else had some type of game, but MLB The Show became the only official baseball like simulator. Uh And what's interesting now is that it's coming out both on the Switch and the Xbox One something <laughs> and i always forget the, the xbox name. something no that's about right uh the latest xbox but here's the thing uh bone king that's super interesting is that the switch version i don't know about the xbox one i assume so does cross platform play cross play mm-hmm. and it does what the vita always wanted to do where you can continue the game <laughs> exist right <laughs> But you could, like, say you're playing the game on the PS5 and you have an MLB The Show account. Mm. You can continue the game on your Switch and take it on the go, and it's the same save file. You can do that. Yes, with the Vita, but this is... But it's a pain in the ass, yes. But this one, it's weird, the fact that you could do that on a Sony console or a Microsoft console and make that your, like, default home game system one mm-hmm. and then take the game on the go carrying the same file on a third party console like fucking nintendo that that's interesting that's so fucking cool to me the that we're that, yeah. at that level i don't give a shit about mlb the show it's just the relationship how, between nintendo fuck. and yeah the fact that they're even working together like this yeah. this is this is you're streamlining the fucking game at this point like this is huge now first problem what Let's say at some point, Sony and Nintendo aren't on good terms anymore. I have my Nintendo with my MLB, the, the whatever the game save, right? Hey, who do I call? Where were they send me? It, it's, it's great. I'm glad they're working together. But, but you know, also, manage technically, that. you would have to own the game on both consoles. Right. I guess that's... Oh, God. All right. Yeah. So you'd call both. Great. Two services. Anyway, um, what else is there? Let's see. We got... Oh, my God. So, uh, here's another uh, graveyard call. Let me ring the bell for you. So, Chrono Cross fans, those of you... Uh, get out from under All your- five <laughs> of you. No, there are Chrono Cross fans. They're just so buried. They're like the F-Zero fans. They got nothing right now. They just got... People talk about Chrono Trigger. That's it. Chrono Trigger is the only one that gets attention. That's it. It's the fan favorite. It's the Silent Hill 2. No, it's the Final Fantasy 7. Yes. So Chrono Cross is finally getting a fucking good port for the Switch, including some remastered um, localizations of some extra content that was right. on some bonus edition in Japan. Plus, that's getting voiced. Good. You know what, Switch? You can be the de facto port machine with all the trimmings of a deluxe edition. I like that. That can be the Switch device. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but there are some ports that really... The Force Unleashed is getting a port. This so is, what? That's a game that's three generations old. Good. Older the but better. But they're going to fucking sell it at max price. I, I don't know about max. It's not going to be 60. Might be. It'll be 40. Much like their other fucking ports. It's I always, fucking hope so, bud. Star Wars. But is it even worth 40? That shit's fucking three generations well, old. Well, I have a feeling it's going to be the same price as Knights of the Old Republic, which is like 15 bucks. Is it? Yeah, it's super cheap. It's like 15 I, I or 20 bucks. I didn't play it on the switch i haven't touched yeah. my switch so i have ages. a feeling it won't be that expensive 
But yeah, only a select few are going to be excited for the adventures of Starkiller, my favorite Soul Calibur character. Speaking and of your other favorite Soul Calibur. <laughs> speaking of more favorite Soul Calibur characters, Assassin's Creed is getting ported to the Switch, which is a happy the coincidence. The Ezio trilogy, which is two... Uh, Retribution, I think. And blood- uh, Brotherhood. Brotherhood, and the third one's Retribution... Legacy? I, the dude, it kind of fiddles out just for me. Just three Ezio games. That's all yeah. you need to know. But it, it was just funny for me, because I made the joke in the Discord. I'm like, oh, haha, freaking, uh, what's this? Uh, Starkiller from Soul Calibur, my favorite. And then Ezio shows up, and I'm like, uh, wait, hold on, how many guest characters from Soul Can Calibur? Can we get Soul gonna- Calibur 2 back? I... You know what, Nintendo? You sitting on that Link character move set that I like so much. You fucking piece of shit. That I shit like- was OP as fuck. I don't care what anybody says. He, he, Link was the most OP of the three. He was. A, we talked, by the way. If you want to know more about different fighting game archetypes, be sure to check out our create a uh, Dream Team fighting game. Um, fucking Link is a fucking stance character. He's great. Yeah, dude. Fuck him. <laughs> anyway, um, next up, uh, Wii Sports. We get no, no people. The Switch people sports, but no, that's my favorite part. It's not called uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. What is it? it? Called? Is it's it called ca- Switch Sports? Yeah, it's Nintendo. Nintendo Switch, Switch Sports. Oh, okay, because the article here says Nintendo Wii Sports is back. Yeah, so I it just is. assumed. Yeah, it is essentially. People like Wii Sports, and that's a good use of the motion sensor. Plus, the Switch is better at it, so why not? Yeah. Fuck, it's better than One Two Switch. Less said about that, the better. This this should have been the fucking uh, in in yeah. package game for the Switch. Not only that, it's coming now with like if you buy the physical game, it comes with a leg strap so you could do the kicking animation. Boy, is that gonna cause some problems? Yep. I don't know. I, oh, I, don't I got know. blood circulation issues. I'm suing Nintendo. I just I can only imagine someone's gonna fuck with those things on. Yeah. I just it has to happen at some point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know I'm why. sure somebody fucked with the bongo drums from Donkey Kong. Wait, you haven't? <laughs> Dude, double bongo press. <laughs> they had sick covers on Donkey Konga. Um, I don't know anything else that came out. Okay, so oh, Z- Xenoblade Three. Okay, so when this was showing up, I was like, "Oh, this seems like a neat JRPG with robots." I didn't know what it was till someone spoke, and they were like, "We must do what the Minado says," and I'm like, "They're Australian." I know it's Xenoblade or Xenoblade. Just, just from the fact that they were Australian before any visuals. You want to know why? Why? For some reason, it made me start thinking, why don't games use different accents? It's always British, American, and that's like it. Yeah. Like You could use the wide wealth of the like languages of the world. Fucking go around and actually Even Sheva. Sheva had a British she- accent. Sheva was essentially British in her game. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it. it's funny to me that I was able to recognize Xenoblade from just Australian voice acting. I recognize Xenoblade from the weapons. That's true, too. It has they very unique They were so weapons. Tron-like, and they're in mm. the forest. I'm like, oh, it's Xenoblade. That, yeah, it very much is. Uh, but overall, I mean, this is these are games for people that it most likely will be happy with. I don't... Uh... I got two more, I just realized, before we got there. All right, there. please. Uh, one is uh, Live Alive, which you Jap- may not... Was a Japan yes. only. Yes, was a Japanese only um, like RPG. I forgot what system it was on first. Sorry, audience, my apologies. But it's getting a Let full... us know on the Twitter. Yeah, let us know at FanFreaks on Twitter. Um, but it's getting a full-blown remake in the style of like Octopath Traveler, which is super fucking neat. I'm interested in this because this game is A, a cult classic that we never got, and B, was written at a time where pacing was important, so it actually might have a good goddamn pacing. 
something and I may fucking enjoy this game for God's sake. So I don't know. I might give it a shot. And the last, do you have anything on that before? No. Okay. Um, and the last thing I got is speaking of revivals, this was like, uh, Christ is risen. Nintendo has risen for this one. I'm surprised it wasn't an Easter. Uh, Klonoa. Klonoa's back. Do you know about Klonoa? No. He's a, Na- a Namco um, mascot character. Even his hat has a little Pac-Man. He's adorable. I-, I remember him being around, but like he was on the GBA and then he was on the DS and then gone. And then he never showed up and again. And it's two games in one from my understanding. I am liking how Nintendo is not only remaking one game, they like to do two packs. That's a good idea. I, they f- seem to feel like one game doesn't have enough content, so they'll do two. Whatever. Think that if you want, I'll get two games. That's not a problem. So that's cool. I'm glad to see that they're both back. And here's another picture of Kirby deep-throating a car. Okay, I think we're good. He's just deep-throating all sort of things in Mouthful Madness. Do you have anything else for news? No, I mean, that was that was it for my news, man. Cool, because I've got two more news. You ready? Ready. So Futurama is getting revived. Oh! And it's not having John DiMaggio as Bender. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of weird. No? Why? Why is he not? I don't know. Apparently, it was something to do with like his his budget or like how much they wanted to pay him. Granted, the guy is. It's not like he's a a little known voice actor. He's been prolific and active for a very long time. How are you gonna do Futurama without him? I, that's the thing, though. It's like even in the advertising, like when I don't know if it was Matt Groening or somebody like said we're back. It's a picture of Bender with the flag. Yeah, he's so, like they're already bank- banking on him being the drawback. How would you? So people are saying this is a PR stunt that it's like, oh, this is more attention to Futurama. I don't know. I'm not usually that kind of suspicious. When it comes to movies, when it comes to video games, I'm ultra suspicious. But for this, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, it'd be weird to not have him. But hey, this is like the, what, third time Futurama has been revived? Fuck, man. It, it Like, there was a title card on one of the episodes that's like, Futurama, it just won't die. It's actually that now. Which, you know what? I liked the show. Other worse things could be revived. No, I like the show. I just, eventually things have to end. And you want to know what? What? Futurama did end. Do you want to know how it ended? In a movie, right? No, in a video game. The Xbox, I think, exclusive video game is the series finale of the show. Was it good? I played a little bit of it, and it was funny as fuck. I remember one joke, and this is the one I'll say for the show, and we can move on. Fry dies at some point, and it's all about how Professor Farnsworth can just clone him back, and that's the life system. But when he dies, Leela's like, so when you died, did you see anything? What was the afterworld like? And he goes, well... I woke up and it was just pitch black and I couldn't see anything and I looked up at the sky and I saw these big white words and they said game over (laughs) 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 not not only that I would like to commend you on your 7 out of 10 fry impression thank you I I kind of jumped into it that was a pretty good fry impression by the way for those who don't know fry is the red M&M did you know that? I did not know that. Now you will forever hear Fry whenever you see an Eminem commercial. That that concerns. Uh, I I it was such a throwaway joke. It's genius. So play pl- try the Futurama game if you could get. Oh God, how will you get it now? Anyway, what's your other piece of news? Fuck. Sorry, that that kind of depressed me. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, you can't play the Futurama game anymore. All right, fine. So the last thing of news is really specific to those who like Resident Evil, maybe Ekel and Wolf listeners, who knows. Um, there's some new info on Resident Evil 4 Remake. 
Mm-hmm. They're bullet points. I promise we're not going to get too much into it, but I wanted to just run them by you just to see what, what you, how you react to them. First point, the village scene and a decent portion of the game take place at night now. Huh, okay. Now I read that and go, hey, but didn't most of the village portion and the game take place at night? No. No, the game actually does take place majority at night. Remember, he goes to Pueblo, fucking finds Ashley, and at that point, it's night. Actually, not even then. He fights Del Lago, wakes up in the cabin. It's night for the rest of Village. Yeah. So, like, what? Is the For the rest village? of four, Village is another game. Well, Pueblo. Oh, God damn it. Pueblo means village in Spanish. I'm sorry. Uh, it take The rest of the game basically takes place at night. Yeah, yeah it does. So, until the end when you fight... The end, and then it becomes daybreak. So, like, I don't know what the hell that means. Either way, moving on. Bro, for a second, you said fight the end. I'm like, Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> I don't remember a sniper battle. I wish. There was plenty <laughs> of good snipers in that game. Uh, all right. So, the next bulletin. Scarier and inspired by the RE4 betas. So, this, this bullet list, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, makes me crack up. Everyone's really excited, and I get it. That's, you know, be excited. That's awesome. I'm sort of excited, so too. So we're getting the Hookman. People jump straight to Hookman, and that's cool. I would love to see Hookman in the game, in, in the remake. However, do you know how many RE4 betas there are? Six, right? Like, six. And they all became their own individual games. What is that? Mean? One of them was Haunting Ground. Another one was Del May Cry. Another one was Onimusha. Another Jeez. one like became uh, another fucking Capcom. Resident title. Evil Four really saved Capcom in the early two uh, thousand. It helped them start a lot of different games just because they kept fucking restarting. Hey, and- this could be a good game, but not a good Resident Evil game. God, I wish they'd had that thought nowadays. Yeah. God, I wish they did. <laughs> Even then, look at RE4. It's not like it was before anyway. So, I don't know. Either way, it's just funnier to me because it's like... What, what's next on the Next board? up, uh, side characters will have bigger roles. Cool. Does that mean Lewis will finally be in Mercenaries? You fucking assholes. Gotta dig up Wesker to put him in Mercenaries, but is no. He, is he gonna talk about Ashley's ballistics? Are you gonna cut out that? Is that is that too mature for your bloody game with chainsaws? I'm sorry. I'm a little bit... That was a Facebook thing. Facebook had to have said, cut that out for our VR game, which is bullshit, but whatever. That's their bullshit. Uh, Anyway, moving on. I hope Lewis gets a bigger role. Ada's campaign will be expanded. Oh, you mean more than the two bonus game modes she has? All right. I kind of of fucking hate Ada. I... I'm a little bit... Oh, I my God. I wish Resident Evil loved Jill Valentine as much as they love Ada. Oh, my God. For real. Well, it's only because Ada's so much easier to insert into stories. She is literally everywhere at all times because she has no place to go. Wow. Like, That's fucking deep. It's pretty deep. I know. I just... I, I like Ada as a character, especially in Resident Evil 2 and her purpose with Leon's arc because that's kind of what she's there for. But, like... Every since then, it's just been moving the goalpost. She's just a goalpost character. And don't bring up the stupid shit in six. That really was not. Resident Evil had a six. Moving on, it had a mercenaries mode. Um, moving on, possible early 2022 reveal. So it may be showing up soon. Now, this is an official remake, or is this a fan thing? <laughs> this is official. Yes, this is the official remake. These are. Uh, you know, notes given to us or at least hinted at from someone on the staff. 
Um, another thing is that Wesker design that showed up, by the way, a while ago that people thought were Ferrari 4. It wasn't. It was from a canceled RE project. Huh. So Wesker was going to have a thing, and now he doesn't anymore. Oh, I, I miss my, my sunglasses boy. Interesting, I say. Interesting. Well, remember, we did have that Capcom leak, and we were going to have, like, fucking Resident Evil Rampage or some shit with Rebecca Chambers. and. Well, people have been, no, people have been talking about, well, oh, fuck, what was that thing called? It's not that. It's, like, Resident Evil Touch or Reborn or something like that, and that was the Rebecca Chambers game. You're right. Uh, who knows if that's related? I don't know. Are, oh, well, shit. Reverse, where the no. fuck's that? Oh wait, Resident Evil Rush or something like that? I don't. It sounded like an app game, but it's not. It's supposed to be Rebecca Chambers. However, I don't know what it is. What do I know? What it is? No. What I do know is, are they planning it? Not in the slightest. They never plan. Are you fucking kidding? Are you are you fucking daft? Do you not know these games? Wow, I've never heard the word daft used in an American Oh, you a bleeding knobhead? <laughs> Look at the state of the series. Look at the state of it. You bloody cunt. Are you fucking daft? Give me the Jennifer jib. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying, look, I have to see more. We'll see. <sighs> anyway, that I think that's the end of my news. That's it for you? Yeah, that's it for me, buddy. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and calm down with a nice drink of water or wine and maybe take up some boarding in a dance school. And we'll talk about the movie we just saw, the 1977 Dar- Dario Argento film, Suspiria. Plie. Plie. <laughs> Rapunzel! Rapunzel! The tower! <laughs> <laughs> This is James, Dr. Rude Ramos, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks Podcast. Make sure to check us out at our Lair, the Fan Freaks Facebook page, and on Twitter. And remember, that's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S. Follow us, or else. I'm here just to install the neon lights. Where do you want them? Oh my god, thank goodness you're here. I'm getting stabbed. Ah, Listen, you're getting blood all over my tools. Oh my god. This paint blood that you got. Look, I don't have much time. I need you to install those neon lights. Why'd you jump over barbed wire? How else will you represent the pain I'm feeling if there aren't neon red lights around? No, I only bought green bulbs. Just use them. Use whichever ones you got. Use all of them, even. Uh, all right. I got about five minutes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, everybody, to our Fan Freaks reaction review of uh, Suspiria by Dario Argento. And this is the 1977. I say this so many times because there is a remake. So Not only that, but as we're watching the movie, Bone King and I kept looking at each other. And Bone King did point this out. This isn't horror. No. No. Uh, well, it, hold on. Let's give a preface really quick, really quick. Because we, I don't think we went into it thinking it was horror. I thought it was because okay. this is on a lot of top 10 lists for horror. This is considered uh, part of the Italian New Wave in the 70s. Right. This is something really... Um, Recommended. Like, everyone I fucking I, I, talk to recommends this movie. So I was like, I have to Red see Red Letter it. Media, one of your right. favorite YouTube channels. Shout out, but, Jay. But I've watched a couple of documentaries about slashers and about, you know, that type of horror. Excuse me. Body horror, gory it's horror. Body horror. More like gas horror. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> and they always talk about Suspiria as if this is that. But it isn't. No. It's really Suspiria is about suspense. It, it is, as you said, as we were watching it, a thriller. 
not even psychological thriller. It is a thriller because there really isn't any mind game going on. And we're not, okay, we're not going to get into spoilers just yet. Let's give a basic overview of it. So we have a protagonist uh, name we forgot. Useless girl. Yes. Um, yeah. So she comes in from New York. She's flown to Europe to apparently a boarding school in Germany. I'm sorry. Her name is Susie. My apologies. Well, Susie's fucking stupid. Susie's so, a floozy. <laughs> so Susie gets a taxi. Uh, first off, we watched the movie, by the way. We watched it, apparently, the only way to watch it, which was dub. Okay, someone out there let me know, because I genuinely was like, wait, shit, is there an Italian version that we can watch instead? But the mouths were in sync with English dub, but the whole movie was dubbed, like ADR'd, the whole thing. And that's a lot. It was it was recorded. Usually ADR's <laughs> for, like, a sentence. Or when you're translating a film, that's how dubs work. But, but it the is, whole <laughs> fucking movie. It was recorded in English, then dubbed entirely in English. I don't know. Maybe this is just a thing he does that we're not, you know, privy to. Dario's, Dario's fucking intelligence. But, so but Susie she travels get, to Germany, yes. Susie gets to Germany. She gets to this boarding school that's for ballet dancers. The ballet it's a, school, right. It's a ballet school. And as she's getting there, this other lady, a blonde lady who we then find out as a student of the school, is running away in the middle of the night. By the way, it's torrential rain. We get a lot of shots showing us how rainy and thundery and windy it is. So she runs. This girl's like, yo. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We're getting a little bit more into the play-by-play. I want to give a base. No, you're right, because that's where the story kind of takes you. You're like, where is this fucking going? And that's like the majority of the film. But I want to mention it because... Just the fact something that something sinister behind yeah, a door. Something sinister is happening at this dance school, at the ballet school, and as someone is running out the moment she's coming in. Right now, I feel like we should spoiler warn. Yeah, this is where the spoiler warning would go. But before you go, hey, the goblins are really fucking cool. <laughs> what are the goblins? So, just as this is for the audience pre-spoiler, so they can enjoy this. As the opening credits were happening, I think you noticed that in the credits it was said the music was performed by the Goblins or music by music the- by the Goblins, and we're just kind of like, that's a band name, that's interesting. And as we're listening to tracks in the movie, like each one of us would go, "What is this soundtrack?" And the other one would go, "The Goblins." And then that would just just the inside joke throughout the whole movie because the music kept on standing out and being super interesting and fucking banging, by the way. I, I It is on Spotify and I will be listening to this later. But like each one of us were like, bro, what is this soundtrack? And the other person just had to be like, it's the goblins. It's the goblins. Like, I don't know what else to say. So, yes, that's the end of our uh, pre-spoiler preamble because I just wanted to mention the goblins. So, overall, the movie's pretty good. Mm. I like the movie. The story, really shitty, though. Well, because the script, the story, and even some of the acting is not super fantastic. I would definitely say those are the weakest points. No. Um, Um, The acting, I mean... Look, let's get back on track. Hold on, because now that we're actually past spoiler warning, we can talk about specifics. First thing I want to mention, besides goblins, I know the second thing I want to mention then, I'm sorry, is we mentioned it earlier, the neon lights. It was our opening gag. I'm just saying... Whoever was the light supervisor that day had a 
field fucking trip because apparently this is a thing with Italian directors. They like to use a lot of emphasis on lighting and not just like standard. Oh, hey, this scene is illuminated. No, we're talking about neon reds, neon blues, neon greens. Just you could. Can you make the argument that it's because of the 70s? Everything was neon. Probably. I don't know that that's probably a big influential feature of the time it was made, but it just makes me think like these Italian directors, instead of using lighting just to sort of frame the scene, it's an active storytelling mechanism. Yeah, because it indicates to us when the character's in danger for some reason. Yeah. Because we start not only the lighting, but also the bells. Whatever well, the, well the I fucking... called it tubular bells because the song, the goblins were obviously aping fucking tubular bells for one track. And whenever that happened, a killer would show up. Yeah, like a, a kill or a death would occur. Right. And it's it's really weird where we had this bizarre focus of like, oh, red means danger now. And we started learning that through the third act. It teaches you. Yeah, it's. It's odd how how much emphasis there was on the lighting. It, it starts out like sort of immersion breaking because you're like, why is there a red spotlight randomly here? And it's here? jarring. And it's jarring. But once you get what they're trying to tell you, it's actively informing you about something if you can get past that surrealist aspect yeah. of it. Um, well, surrealist is not only for the lights, but also for the sets. Oh, my God, this set. <laughs> like, we made the joke. Like, obviously, it was designed by George Trevor. From Resident Evil, for the Resident Evil fans out there, like, we kept on making allusions to, like, this is just, like, overly elaborate Spencer estate. The fuck, the wallpapers are so distracting, like, the fucker has an Escher painting as a wallpaper. How can my brain focus? Fuck you. You were in love with it, though. I was in love with it just because of how fucking colorful it is. Like, Not only that, like, the, the the fucking elevators had, like, a couch, and it was, like, an ornate Symmetrical. Couch. Everything, yeah. Shining as fuck, Overlook Hotel. You don't like, know the where the town. fucking wall ended. The doorknobs. The, why were the doorknobs fucking there's forehead a level? There's a whole hallway <laughs> where the doorknobs are for, forehead, forehead level. Forehead level. What? I don't, I don't, the elevator looked like a giant sci-fi elevator. Like, there was the stained, I've never seen a movie with so much stained glass it was very uh, ethereal, very church-like. So, with this mention, because I, I, it kind of is related to um, the 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 lighting as well. There's been a thing, and I would love someone to correct me, but I used to call it dark rainbow lighting. This is not the official term, I'm sure, but it's when you pair rainbow colors with black of shadows, and it's just the darkest parts of the rainbow sort of brought to the front. A good example of this is I I go straight to Majora's Mask in the final boss room because they do it there. Majora has that color pattern. In fact, on day three, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, fucking another example is... Um, oh, I remember now. Okay. Uh, Willy Wonka's goddamn tunnel. Oh, my God. Like, it adds an air of like darkness menace. and menace to a yeah. very colorful thing. I have no idea what it's called. And I'm a film guy. There's got to be something. Called. It's like it's got to be like chromo something because it is using the color spectrum in some way. And I'm loving it. Chromoscope. But like dark shadow, chromoscope shadow, something like that. Help us, film nerds. Help us out at Fan Freaks. But I'm just saying like this film did that. It, it when she was getting like to Germany in the airplane at the airport. Yeah. Did you notice the airport was neon red? Danger yeah. started the minute she got there. 
yeah. And yeah. then she, when she got into the taxi, there was just so many shades. There was blues. Uh, the yellow some... from the McDonald's logo. Like, yeah. This Dario Argento has an eye for color, if fucking anything. So anyway, sorry, before I moved on to the sets, I wanted to mention that because I really do like that aspect. Not only that, there's so when you're talking about a film and when you're talking about light sources, because that's something you're going to hear when talking about film, when you talk about a movie. Why in this room with no windows, why is it lit? Oh, because there's a light bulb on. Or you see the character turn it on. Or you see a candle in the shot and it would hopefully light up everything. That's usually what's called a light source in the shot. This film would give you a light source of one color. And then there would be a light source of a completely different color. That's right. For no reason. And we don't know why. But it gets you thinking, is this color part of like diegetic oh my god this is another episode where i can bring up diegesis yes okay so diegesis is when you're watching a movie and you wonder if something you're seeing is pertinent to the character can the character see these alternate colors right we wondered the whole fucking film can they see the neon green can Can they they, see it can they think i also (laughs) thought that so we this is where i'm going to bring in a character who is proven to be well almost every character is a little bit inept in this sarah uh no her friend that i'm forgetting her name sarah i think uh no you're right sarah it's it's Susie and sarah her the friend men or the other student mentioned that you're entirely right so sarah is this other girl who's befriends Susie when she gets to the school the first Susie's time Susie's our audience insert exactly but sarah's the one who's like there's something off she here. was there before and I- the person that escaped wait what I'm just thinking about the bullshit you said about. You can hear. No, I'm gonna bring it up. Don't worry, because it's like she's this friend. Um, so what'd you, Sarah? Sarah saw that first lady run away. As this is gonna be so complicated. Susie, Sarah, and the other girl. Nice. Um, Fuck, what's the other girl? Runaway Patricia? girl. Her name's Pat. Apparently, Pat, another student fleeing from the school. So Pat, when she was running away, her friend was Sarah. So mm. Sarah is telling Susie, our main character, something's wrong. I know something's wrong. I just, I know that uh, I recognize a snore. That's why I woke you up to tell you that I recognize the snore. What do you want to do about it? No, no, no. Nothing? She didn't wake her up. Hey, hey, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's pretty funny, some of the things. That, that's what we mean that the, the dialogue isn't as it were it should be. Um, this is it's clearly like dubbed. She's supposed to be like the person our main character can talk to. And they eventually just, they exchange the most obvious information and like stuff that you should have already been able to tell. I don't know what's the word for over exposition. Yes. Like Cause, crazy. Cause, Cause they would spend like an honest to God, two and a half minutes on they're moving. They're walking to the right, but the exits to the left. And you heard that said in, like, three different ways. And we had a whole fucking pool scene for five minutes to exchange the information that Sarah had notebooks from Pat, the other girl that ran away. Right. We did not need this whole pool scene to exchange this information. It is too much. But even then, the film's short. It's an hour 30. Yeah, it's, it's it's a short scene, so I wonder like if it was just a pad out, maybe because it was already kind of short. Either way, this is what well, we're leading up to. I will say this: mm. it does build tension because you talked a little bit about the the lighting 
But overall, the cinematography in the film is great. It's gorgeous, which lets us see more of it, I guess. Yeah. We got to see but, the pool. But also it builds tension because the cinematography in the pool scene is just a lot of zoom-ins. You think something ominous is happening or someone's watching them, but Th- no. Yeah, that's the feeling you get that they're being watched, they're being looked at. Which and maybe point, that is true. Yeah. They, they had, because they, later on we find out. They reference that they feel like they're being watched too. So that might be relevant. It just never felt like we should have been here for this long. But I'm going to go back to our friend Sarah because she's a fucking genius. That's the, <laughs> the biggest thing that I took away from this. Both of our protagonists are fucking idiots. This Sarah goes up to her and says, I always hear footsteps, but I don't know where they're going. And then our main character goes... Well, the footsteps sound like they're No, going... no, the main character's half asleep because she's being drugged by the Right, wine. which I fucking called from the get-go. Don't drink... Lesson number one, don't drink anything anyone has given you that you did not put together yourself. Right. Just saying, it's a good way to stay safe. Either way, she, this bitch does not. She drinks the wine multiple days in a row, feels the effects of getting drugged for those days, and is like... Maybe it's the wine. I'll dump everything in the toilet, but not the wine, because the wine can stain the sink, and I want that. Why not that the toilet? Anyway, jumping ahead, sorry. But her friend is asking her, where are these footsteps? I don't know what they are. And then our main character, half asleep and drugged, is like, I don't know, they, they kind of seem to be going towards the right, but they can't be leaving, like you say, because the door is over on the left. And she's like, What? You can tell what direction they're going. You're a genius. You can use both your left and right ears at the same time. You're a genius, Susie. So I can't believe I never thought of that. It was a line of dialogue. (laughs) So we, she didn't actually say you can use your left and right ears. That was my joke, right? Because it's like how could you not? But she said, "I can't believe I never thought of that." Yeah, you're a genius. She didn't say, "I can't believe I thought of it." She goes, "You're a genius." You're a genius for using both of your ears. Like, I, and that's where that joke came from. So then it became a reoccurring inside joke with us where it's like, I can't see anything. Maybe I should try using both my left and right eye for this. <laughs> like, just Jesus Christ, this lady. And she really should have used her eyes. Remember that thing I said about us not being sure if we could, if the characters can see the neon blue lights? Right. She, cl- she feels threatened. Because, like, our main character's drugged out of her mind and completely Well, she's not threatened. She did get cut. But she... No, wait, wait, wait. This was before that. She was trying to wake up what's-her-face. Right. She doesn't and get cut by anything And then somebody went into her room. Right. Which she could tell by the light. Again, lights. Lights. Lights are such a huge thing in Suspiria. And then she notices that. She fucking runs out. She goes into the red. Right. Which means danger. Danger. So she goes but up, not, But not before the place turns neon green to associate panic. Right. Like, it's not even something obvious, like, green is envy. Like, you brought up, I was thinking, like, how do I apply envy? There's so much fucking green. But, like, no, it could just be panic. Or it could just mean go. Or go. Or, or as we eventually learn what these things are, witches. Witches being green. I don't know. It doesn't show up, obviously, with the witches either, so I don't know how that works. Um, But before we jump to that revelation, I know I sort of did. I'm sorry. But, um... I bring up the neon light thing because she escapes through a window in the slowest manner possible because there's a guy slowly trying to undo the bolt. Instead of holding that down, she decides to just let him do it as she cowers in a corner. She cowers in a corner, climbs into a window, and then she shows up in another room. And what does she not do in this room? She doesn't look down. Never once. She looked across the room where she sees a slightly ajar door. You have to understand. 
you have to understand she can only look up, not down at the same time. <laughs> what she can use one ear, one eye, and one direction. She's a big fan of the band. She is. She definitely is. So not looking forward or down at all, what does she do, dude? Well, she just jumps. She just jumps. She just jumps with all of her might, and she gets halfway across the room into barbed wire. She she Assassin's Creed eagle dives into the most full room of barbed wire I have ever seen. How in the Which world? Which is very jigsaw-y, because who yeah. prepped for that? But who put so much there? It's like there's so much. It's not like they just like trap the one place that would be where she lands, like close by the window. The whole thing is a goddamn playpen of barbed wire. And instead of slowly getting up and picking it off of her, what does she do? Flail. She not only flails, but she does fucking Magikarp splash. She purposely dives in like three She's times. She's swimming in the barbed wire, purposefully cutting herself in this beautiful red that you just see for blood. In the-, the ketchup appears. Bro, I don't think that's ketchup. It's, it's too it's, neon for it, ketchup. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's literal paint. It's literal paint, yes. It is literal just red paint that they put and on And she's them. just, like, swimming in it, getting closer to the door, and eventually just fucking... Like, what kills me... Yeah, and eventually she dies. But what kills me... Oh, yeah, because the killer comes and stabs her in the stomach. Just to finish her off, because he just fucking felt bad for just her. Just fucking die already, like, I thought you would have gotten out of this already. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm sorry, I could only use my Oh, my God, leg. did you ever see that? I'm sorry to it's okay. completely derail this, but the Geico commercial, where it's a bunch of kids... And they're looking either, hey, we should hide behind the the chainsaws and knives collection. Yeah. <laughs> or we could run into the cemetery that was haunted by, and it's an Indian burial ground. And then there's one girl, the blonde girl is like, we could just leave in the car. No, you idiot. That's the first place they'll look. <laughs> and, and then the killer just sees them hide behind the chainsaws and knives and is like, you fucking... All right. Yeah. I'll just fucking kill you. The graveyard is the last one, by the way. She's like, why don't we just hide in the graveyard next to the zombies? And then the kid's like, I don't know. Like, Sorry, but no, that's no, what no. I felt. The killer was just like, why are you flailing? Our main car- characters, as said in the script, are geniuses. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what they call them. Like, anyway, but like, she, it's like if Dario Argento, like, because she gets up multiple times and could open the door. It's like, what are you doing? Get the back on the ground! No, you don't do it that fast! Get the, you, the jump back down! Fall on the ground again! And it's like, I don't oh. know about that Italian accent. Mamma mia, why not? <laughs> Fuck you, I'm trying. Okay? I'm half Italian, I find it offensive. Of course you would. It's offensive? I find it offensive. I did not mention I'm anything. I'm suing you. I, I tried to do the thing. I'm Cancel sorry. Cancel bone. Cancel cable. bone. <laughs> Hash, no, don't, please. Um, But no, I'm just saying, it, it, I really got the impression that Dario Gentle's like, no, you're doing it too fast. No, get back down. Get back down. Get back down. You're, you're getting up. No, stay down. Stop doing that. Crawl through the wire. And she's like, like it's a, like it's how do I keep crawling? I'm already on the floor. Um, so she dies. Pat dies. I'm sorry we spent like 20 minutes, but it cracked me up. It was almost a comedic shot. Oh, no, it's not Pat. Pat already died. Right. Which, which honestly. It was pretty sick. That was probably the best kill. It was earlier on in the film. She gets hung earlier by Earlier on? It's like 10 minutes in. No. It was before main character gets to the school. No, it was the same night that the main character didn't go to... Right. She well, couldn't then go she in. goes to the school the next day. She goes to the school the next day. Pat fucking dies with her friend in the apartment building. 
that same night that Pat arrives. You're right, because Pat, but Pat's the opening kill. Pat's the opening right. kill, yeah. So she's running. We don't know where the fucking main character girl is. She goes off. She's just gone on a taxi ride. We don't even know where our main character went. Who gives a <laughs> shit? So we're following Pat. Pat goes to uh, whatever. She goes to her friend's apartment, which is in the third floor. It's a beautiful apartment. Which is in the Overlook Hotel, apparently. Shit is so fucking ornate. <laughs> it's crazy. You, you saw that big-ass ruby that's like a diamond yeah, or whatever? I don't think you need that for an elevator light. It's a little much. You went, you went far, bro. You went far. Good for you. George so whatever, Shutter, this you. random person just kills her uh-huh but it's the greatest thing because i always heard it was her intestines that she's hung up on oh was that no it was a no rope. it was a yeah. wire that's a what wire. i'm saying i always thought it was intestines oh. no it isn't she's being choked by elevator wire but she's also stabbed in the heart no. that we actually see like that really gross close-up of. like literal the suicide squad shot of her heart literally being but this stabbed. is with practical effects which yeah. are Fucking great. Neato. And I love what you said, because I've seen that shot, but I love what your initial reaction was. Did we need that? I don't think we needed that. <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think she's dead. I mean, you think she's pretty fucking dead. All right, that's fine. And then she goes through the, again, stained windows, every window in this place, in this it's fucking town gorgeous. in Germany. Gorgeous. <laughs> it's stained windows. She fucking falls through, and the glass that falls and the pipe or whatever kills her friend adjacent. Yeah. Just oh li- and then the first thing, double kill. I said, because, <laughs> like, he somehow timed it. He literally timed it so that both her and her friend would die. This was the opening kill, by the way. So we have two kills, and we have Pat in the fucking barbed wire stabbing. That's three kills. In the literal slapstick barbed wire pit scene. Uh, yes. We, we also have another character. We do. And we uh, were so scared. Yeah, because of the dog. So he's a, he's, he's a, blind, a blind man. He's a blind man, and he literally has like a support animal, and he plays the piano at the school. And I is it wrong? I just laughed because I was like, a blind man playing the piano. Let's Ray Charles this up, like you yeah. know, it's classic. But he's like really like someone who goes there because none of the staff sleep at the school. That's something we learned too through uh, our barbed wire friend. Um, she's Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. That all the staff leaves the school late at night. Allegedly. Allegedly. And that's what they tell them. But that's what she's telling her. Oh, my God, I hear them. They're still here. They must be leaving. It's like, no, they're staying further in the building. Sorry, we had to circle back, but that's what happened. Uh, The blind man comes in and plays the piano, and he has a little dog. And he brings the dog in every single time. One scene out of nowhere, the fucking uh, one of the staff starts fucking with the dog. And off camera, the dog bites someone. Allegedly. That's what we're told. Yeah. So the, the, the dude rightfully so defending his support animal it's not like these dogs aren't trained for years to never bite and be like very specific to their placement and not fuck around and he's rightfully saying so you fucked with my dog what did you do and then she's like what did i do you're fired you're not allowed to play the piano anymore and this bitch what does this bitch do throw his cane in the middle of the fucking floor he fucking she fucking throws his cane so that he has to blindly literally blindly feel his way towards the exit fucked up fucked up and i like what he says i'm blind not deaf stop screaming yeah (laughs) (laughs) fucking classic i'm not gonna lie he did get the last laugh but then i guess at some point the dark powers that be like infected the dog manipulated the dog you have to understand when we're seeing this we're getting close-ups of the dog and we're like that dog's gonna die 
They're yeah. gonna kill that dog, and then we're so pissed because we don't want to see that dog, that cute little dog, die. And it was a cute fucking dog, man. Um, and he eventually great like, actor, probably the best actor in the film. You say that, okay? But like he he was, barked on command, he showed remorse and tension. It was great. That's the one thing. He was great up until his true nature, not true nature, but his possessed nature was revealed. Right. So, like, we kept thinking someone was going to come out of nowhere and kill the dog Oh, my God. Can we talk about that for a second? Because you have this huge... Open space. Exactly. Huge open space. It's night. You have one light source, which we're assuming is the moon. Blind or... man walks home. Sorry. Yeah. We forgot. He's not in the school by this point. He's walking home, and it's this wide open space with his dog. Right. And it's just them. There's a lot of sounds. The soundtrack's going off. We don't know what's going on. We have <laughs> the god. You, you know what's going on? The goblins. The goblins. <laughs> but what was great was just see shots of just creating and building this tension between the 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 guy Daniel, I think his name is, mm. and the dog. And we just keep seeing and seeing what the dog is like looking around, doesn't understand. The dog senses something. We were getting more and more alone he, and vulnerable. He's barking. The Daniel's like, "Who is it? Where are you?" Who is it? And stuff like that. And you just build and build until something happens. And none of us, neither one of us saw it coming. We did not. Exp- we thought for sure something was going to come out of the woods and kill both of them. And what happened? The fucking dog became Cerberus from Resident Evil and killed him. Fucking jumped straight for the jugular and turned into a puppet on the way there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, and I didn't expect that. I was like, oh, shit. So that was a clever subversion. They give you this large space to make you think something's going to come at them. Right. But then the dog who's already next to him is what kills him. Yeah. Which goes to show you that Dr. Rude can't watch this because he doesn't like things where animals are portrayed as the villains. But here's where I bring up that the dog wasn't a great actor. He was adorable. So much so that even when he was supposed to be eating out the neck of his owner, he was so calm. He wasn't feral. He wasn't snarling. He was just... Li- it's like if I just gave my dog a treat. He was just, oh, okay, I'm just eating some meat. No, no, no. We don't know boy. how far his brainwashing was. <laughs> it but was that an enjoyable implies, experience. That implies he was completely brainwashed. I don't know. It, I didn't get the, the vicious hound that they were trying to portray there, but it was an interesting kill for sure. And at that point, I we get no kills till the... F- final third act right yeah well pretty much um we do I don't get remember to, anybody else dying. we do get to see the leftovers of of barbed wire girl which is a whole thing later when we get there it's so cool looking. yeah i, I mean we, I, what because i have a list here and i want to make sure we hit all the points before we get to the end end but it's a short movie we essentially talked about the majority of the parts that we there's yeah. no real plot developments outside of that other than that what obvi- plot well because the staff <laughs> is obviously involved they are right. obviously doing something for these bad things to happen. Like when the maggots came in through the ceiling, they're responsible for something with spoiling of the food up there. I don't know how exactly yet. We're not going to get into that. But what I do want to say is that not only did our main character get drugged and, and drunk, there was a scene uh, There was a scene of the cameraman drinking, which is such a weird thing. It was a first-person POV of the camera drinking to sort of imply that we are also going to get drugged like her. Right. What a We're, weirdly intentional shot. I, it's, it's such a POV shot. And, and back in those days, I mean, sure, the only other time was fucking Halloween. Well... With the, let me look at the knife. Yeah. As it's stabbing my sister, it's like, we're the killers. 
Oh God, we're the we're the drugged. It, it's very interesting. I I don't know, and and it's funny just to go back to that that barbed wire thing. I called it suicide by barbed wire. I just caught my note here because like you could have got up there at any time. Anyway, um, not only that, you could have seen what was gonna happen. Yeah. Had you looked down a little more instead of just looking at the door. Yeah, I I I knew for a f- maybe that's a, a a side effect of being so fucking drugged. I, I swear everyone has to be drugged for things for these certain things to still happen to them. They're just very vulnerable. Also, again, with the light, the entire barbed wire is like blue neon. Yeah. But the door is bright yellow. Hey, it's escape. freedom. But why was the barbed wire not red? I never got that. Everything else in the film that signified Every danger was red. Every time somebody was hurt or getting hit was red. Why was this blue? Could it just be because he wanted it to be blue? At some point, there was a scene where our main character leaves the school and talks to the psychiatrist of the, the lady who left, I right. believe. And we were looking at these shots because they're not really as colorful anymore. Everything's it's green. Outside. It's gray and it, green. And gray and green. And everything structure. feels very you structured. Call, yeah, you called it structure. Like, just it, science. It's a business plaza. You know what I mean? It's designed to be that way. And I don't know if that was intentional or the des- the director or, or Dario just wanted different shots. We were like, what's this shot mean with the blue sky? Or did he just want an open shot? I don't know. And that's something you, the listener, is going to have to think for yourself and see what the fuck they were going for. But this guy has been so fucking deliberate with lighting, it makes you think. Right? Right. It's just very chaotic color schemes. The wallpapers bounce off on it. and Nothing really... It's all very colorful on purpose. Um, one thing I want to mention before we get to the, the end. Uh, there was a scene of bat fucking. Yes. A very obviously fake bat was just like attacking Susie, our main character. Correct. Just flew in through the window. But didn't bite her. No. He just kept fucking humping her head. Hence why I call it bat fucking. It's not like it was actually having intercourse with her face. But she literally, literally, she literally let this fucking bat just grind on her face for like two minutes. Right, then she put a towel over it, and then she killed it. Which, which was unnecessary. Super. You already have it in a towel. But it's she not also going lit anywhere. a cigarette afterwards. Yeah. Like, like you had a good one. <laughs> she was like, needed to calm down. It's like, was it good for you too? It's like, oh, what is this snuff bat film? I don't like this. <laughs> so that was a weird shot. Um, By the way, the bat was completely a puppet. That's our second puppet. Yeah, and to be fair, I'd rather it be a puppet than the fucking yeah, 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 yeah. So, which I I figured since it was under a mat, you didn't need the puppet since right. you could just hide the fact that you're killing something that's not real. But I don't know, maybe the actress just didn't want a bat, and it's just so fake. It's like on a string, and God, God bless them, they tried, but it was not very effective. I mean, come on, you can't. You have to understand the times. Right, so... They were limited. They couldn't exactly fucking pull a Star Wars on this. Every character in this fucking plot is limited, okay? They (laughs) they have very small faculties in order to figure out what they're doing. Um, So here's the final crux. Our main character starts drug-tripping her way to the final hallway. And by the way, this entire film, entire film, has been foreshadowing and building up where's the staff going? Where, where, where are they doing oh, their secrets? And, and 20 minutes in, 15 minutes in, our main character, Susie, does mention repeatedly to anyone that can hear it. Yeah, I only caught two words, secret and iris. Yeah. From Pat leaving. It was in the middle of a rainstorm. I couldn't really make it out. All I heard was secret 
and Iris. So we go into this room, the headmistress room, right? Right. And which, what which, do we wait, see? Wait, before we get in there really quick, we also, because of course, throughout the entire film, have our drum solo, bass solo, vocal grunting with mandolins, the goblins. Right. Coming in and sort of building the scene, which, by the way, they put in the fucking work. I'm sorry, because that low walk They up understood there the assignment. They totally did. Hashtag the goblins. Um, so moving on, we get into the room, we're in the headmistress's room, and I bring up that whole backstory for 20 minutes, because the whole movie is setting up, where are they doing these events? Where would be the first place you'd fucking look? Well, the first place I would look would be my room, but alright. Well, okay, if I found that the staff was suspicious... The, the the headmistress. Why would I not check the headmistress's room first? Right. I was Why did we suspicious. spend thirty fucking minutes trying to decide where we should look? <laughs> not only that, she's terrible at stealth. She fucking ran past and alerted the guards Literally or whatever. No reason why she had to run there. Just, no. just ran just because she felt with like high it. heels on. Why was she in high heels? Moron. Moran. Either I don't know. Maybe she wasn't in high heels. I don't remember that part. Yeah, it was high heels. I Jesus Christ, lady. Anyway, um, she gets into the room and she sees in this room, right? It's very ornate, but the walls, it's the Escher painting walls that I mentioned earlier. It's like black and white, and there's these three flowers painted on the wall. Red, Colorful. Red, yellow, and blue. Now, us. With our Resident Evil survival survival horror brains, it's the flowers are screaming. Oh, the puzzles at the flowers. The puzzles at the flowers. No, but Except our character. Flowers. What is she doing? I wonder. Uh, is this is lamp? It, is it? Is it the lamp? Is it the oh. desk? Uh, the, the roof? Desk? Is this couch interesting? Oh, there's a mirror here. And this bitch has to look in the mirror to notice the fucking flowers painted on the wall. Not only that, she has a flashback to the night that Pat yes. ran out and literally pieced together what the what Pat said. So. The secret behind the door is hidden in the iris. Turn the blue flower. This secret fucking word that she's been repeating through the entire film is so unnecessary to solving the puzzle. All you need to do is notice that there are three flowers on the wall and right. fuck with them. None of the other flowers were turnable, just the blue. So this whole thing about what was the secret, where are the secrets, is so pointless because it's obvious. Yeah. So obvious. And us, just because we like survival horror, just have that extra sting of just examine the wall. Just examine the wall. Please it's just right examine there. the wall. It's right there. How are you not and looking at this? And then, lo and behold, a hidden panel opens up and it's a door. And this hallway is very interesting. I mean, all the wallpaper has been interesting. But, like, it's a... Like, almost fully black, but there's, like, vines painted on the top. And there's words. And there's wording. So, you caught English, Hebrew. Yes. And what else? And, uh, I think German, because they're in Germany. That makes sense. I caught also Latin. I caught those three and Latin. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm sure if we look at it, it's a bunch of different languages. And since we already know that the villains are witches, I think it's... Uh, curses to protect themselves or whatever right as like a form of power i guess like a warding room or hallway or whatever very effective this warding hallway yeah someone just comes in and does whatever and by the way we mentioned a psychologist earlier he was the first one to bring up the witches and he's all like well i'm a man of science i don't know anything about witches but here's my colleague who wrote a book on it Psychology, occult oh my practice, God. same feel. The fucking zooming in of the back of his head. Was it was weird. very interesting of itself. I didn't but, need that bald spot in my life. But you're right. 
But you're right. When they reference witches, we know what's going on when she gets in there. Does our main character? No. Does she have a plan? No. No. She is thankfully... Is she armed? No. no. Never. Not once. <laughs> armed? Not this main character. She can only use one side of her brain at a time. Never both. Uh, no, that was, that was Sarah. That's the other character. My bad. Either way... She gets in there and notices there's a ritual going on in the other room. And so it's the main head, uh, head, headmistress lady, and she's all like... It's all the, 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 the employees of the school. And right. They're all talking specifically, we have to kill her. They're naming Sarah, but not naming The Sarah. American. We have to kill... Like you, comrade. Yeah. I'm American. <laughs> Fucking Resident Evil 4. Sadler wants America. By the way, a lot of Resident Evil 4 set design in the castle. I didn't want to say it, but I have to. Plus, Salazar even makes an appearance with a fucking bowl cut kid. Yeah, there's a bowl cut kid. Bowl cut kid. Who's really creepy. Yes, and he says not a word in the whole movie. Anyway. Thank God. Thank God. That would have been weird. So, what does our main character do, right, knowing this? Does she run out of the hallway to go get help? Does she? Nope. She, she hides inside this, like, weird crevice in the side of the wall. Which has a curtain. Which has a curtain. And there is uh, dead Sarah. There you go. Yes. And we see the dead body of Sarah left over. With pins in her eyes. Which, like, was she not dead from slitting her throat in the fucking barbed I, wire no, ball I, pit? I just took it as, like, a very ornate, like, ritual thing that they're using on this body. I, I get don't that. Know. Probably, as we later find out becomes undead or some shit. Right, it was basically... The living dead. It's like a voodoo doll with right. the pins on the whole nine yards. So they hear something, so they send the, the Lurch character to investigate. The I button. wanted to, I was about to call him Lurch too, but it's not him. It's not him. No, but it's a Lurch character. It's a butler, just quiet. Right. Um, She opens and then you hear the infamous snoring behind a curtain. And it turns out that's the main witch. The head of the coven. The literal supreme, if you watch Coven, yeah. Right. This bitch fucking knocks over a peacock ornament, and all these bowling balls start, like, going around. Be clear, clarify which bitch. It's not our villain. Our villain does not cause disruption. No, the villain's sleeping peacefully. (laughs) The villain is sleeping peacefully. Just with really bad sinuses. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's the one horrifying thing about her. She has bad breathing issues. Fuck. Fucking apnea. All she needs is a fucking CPAP. Come on. And then Sarah. Sarah. Sarah no, Sarah's a Susie. Dead Susie. Susie knocks over. I don't over see how floor. you could be confused. <laughs> Susie knocks over this table with a peacock on it and a bunch of bowling balls. Bowling balls go everywhere. Why? The fucking witch gets up. Yo, who the fuck woke up? Woke me up, bro. What's You're here to kill me, aren't you? Uh, yeah. You're here to kill me. And then our main character going, oh, so you want me to kill you? Do you want oh, it to Oh, that's a Kevin? good idea. That's a good idea. I should like, do like that. Like, she didn't even think of that. She tried to escape <laughs> and then notices that the guy is coming. So she's like, well, I might as well kill this bitch. She gave me the idea. So when the Picks villain. Picks up, like, some fucking random knife. So when the villain gives our main character the idea to finally kill her. She picks up the knife. Right. Goes over to where the bed is. You still see her. Move the curtain. Oh, you're that ninja. She's invisible. <laughs> you get a call from Otacon. Snake, the suits in my office were stolen. They're in the bed. <laughs> but George pointed out a really good point. There's an indentation on the bed. You're not invisible if there's an indentation on the bed. Because <laughs> this bitch couldn't half-ass get up. 
She's like, where do I stab? And there's this obvious fucking body shape. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah's fucking the corpse comes in yeah. through another room well, with a knife. Wait, 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 wait. Explain how Sarah got here. Because Susie's about to stab the head witch. And the head witch, instead of doing something to stop her herself, decides to resurrect her friend in the next room to stop her as a zombie. Right. How is this efficient? <laughs> Which is literally a room away, and Sarah, who can only use one ha- one side of her brain at a, at a time, at a time, it's important. Had to take her time to open that door, and then you see flashes of lightning, and you see the outline of the head witch in the fucking bed, like a shimmer. Yeah, like through the, through the, it, for the, the through the helpful lightning. Yeah, yeah, a exactly. Uh, might as well Metal Gear Solid 2 rain sequence on top of Snake when yeah. he has the cell suit on. I- <laughs> and then she literally stabs right through, kills her, and becomes basically the boss battle thing where you kill the head boss, everybody dies. But, which is that does that make sense? I know that once the Supreme dies, the other witches are supposed to get stronger, not die. Well, not here. Not these witches. These witches all fucking die, and the school starts... You have five minutes yeah. until total detonation. The self-destruct sequence had been activated. All employees must proceed to the dance hall. Right, exactly. So much so much Resident Evil. I cannot help but think there was some Resi something. Like someone from Resi Shinji had Shinji watched something. this and was like, this is genius. But I don't know that for a fact. So we I can, can only say, assume. I can only dream. Uh, so she runs out, place blows up, and that's the sequel. I mean, and that's the end. I, but I kept thinking, oh, you know, it's a thriller and slightly horror-oriented. She had to have been infected somehow. The, I said the cab driver was going to be in on it and kill her. Right. But what happens? She runs out of the building. It catches fire, and she looks happy, cuts to the fire, credits immediate. Just hard cut credits. It's right there. Movie's over. All right. There's a couple of hard cuts, though. Yeah. But the whole movie, yeah, the whole movie did have hard there cuts. There was a fucking... Hard cut right after Sarah's death when she gets stabbed. Yeah. It literally just hard cuts to the blind guy walking. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. Like, Even the, the music. The music doesn't. It, it just doesn't transition successfully. It just. Well, because the goblins wrote five tracks. Right. And we're using the f- goblins five tracks in multiple areas. They're not tuned with the scene that's happening. I need to see. The goblins are great. And I don't know if they did anything else. But fuck me, man. Hashtag the goblins. Hashtag uh, the goblins. So, uh, what else can we say about this film? I feel. Oh my like- god, there is a there is quite a bit of tr- there's 22 tracks on this Suspiria album. I felt like we heard six of them interchanged, but what? Okay. Well, you'll let me know because I they will. have one called Suspiria narration and Suspiria intro. What's the fucking difference? No, there was a, a narration in the intro. Yeah, but what was the difference? Uh, uh, There's got to be a difference. I don't know. It was basically just set up. It's what we said in the beginning of the show. Either way, um, this is when the movie ends. Literal credits show up that say, uh, this has been Suspiria by uh, a Dario Argento film. And then it just comes up. And then we're like, that's the end. Okay. I mean, so now that we're here at this point, dude, what is your, like, takeaway from it? I'm glad I watched it just because it's historical. It's a, it's a something you need to watch as a fan of horror, as a fan of body horror, as just a fan of cinema. One should watch this. 
I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I mean, if somebody were to tell me, yo, I've never seen Suspiria. Yeah. Is it good? I'll watch it then. But other than that, I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, oh, this is top five movies of all time. It's definitely got to be one of the more interesting movies to use lighting. But then again, this is like one of my first forays into Italian cinema. So, like, this is a common thing with no, this well, kind it's, of, like, It's very common format. for Argento, I'll tell you that. Argento mm. does this a lot. There's another thing that I'm surprised didn't show up in this movie that I always get warned about. Igor. Not the character from Dracula Dead and Loving It, but, um, no, no. Literal gore. Young Frankenstein, sorry. Literal gore into the eye. Yes. What I was concerned about, because at the beginning, we thought it was a fucking slasher. Yeah. We thought it was going to be... people talk about it as a horror film, and it's right. really not. It really isn't. But we see a man's arms, very hairy arms, and painted nails. Well, we got a little freaked out that this was going to be something... We uh... thought this was another psycho thing where the villain's trans or something like that. Thankfully, it wasn't. Thankfully, it was just good old witches. Well, Bring that back. There was another movie where the killer was just, like, in the in the old sense of transvestite like what they thought like malintentioned people in drag that led to a serial killer and we were really fucking worried that it was going to lead to there yeah but it didn't thankfully so um i mean the first one that comes to mind is psycho unfortunately i don't know there's another one that i'm forgetting the name of that's buffalo bob buffalo bill buffalo bill from silence of the lamb a little bit there but there's another film that's really famous i'm trying to remember the name of it it's not sleepaway camp although sleepaway camp is another one that's really problematic because of that yeah anyway before we make talk about sleep which we haven't watched tune in for reaction review of sleepaway camp i've seen it i haven't okay okay maybe 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 we'll do that as a reaction review um which this sort of feels like a little bit of a special just because we had so much fun watching it here I'll, i'll just sort of piggyback there i had a blast watching this film Right. Um, it was not boring as it was a little bit like, okay, you could get a- along with the-, the plot. It seems like a little bit slow. Then again, it feels like padding in that regard. I enjoyed my experience with this film. I thought the use of color, the use of soundtrack was interesting and unique from what I've you seen. You were in on that. Like fully. You, you, you bought it hook, line, and sinker on that shit. Every single time one of the goblins hit tracks played, I just felt myself get in there. I'm like, oh my god, this fucking bass solo. What so, is this? So, uh, going back to them. The goblins. Right, the goblins. Uh, I look through their Spotify. They're still making albums. Fuck yes. Yeah, they they last made an album in 2018. Fuck, wow. All right, this blew my They've mind. They've been around since 76. Holy fuck, that's incredible. I am now super, super into looking this up. <laughs> um, but Tune yeah. in for that recent next week. But that was Suspiria, the Italian 1977 Dario Argento film. Um, you mentioned earlier that, like, you wouldn't watch this film, like, I guess on your free time, watch it again. Yeah, I don't think I would go out of my way and, like, make a ritual or a sure. tradition of watching this. I could see someone falling in love with this movie, though. Like, this is I someone's know, favorite I personally movie. know people that say this is top five, their favorite films of all time. It's it's definitely up there in enjoyability. It's not one of my top top, but I know this is definitely someone's top film. Yeah. There's a lot sure. of cool things in this movie. There is, but the the story doesn't do no, it. No, and the characters And unfortunately I carry a lot of weight on the story and the script, and I fucking hated the dialogue. No, right. And our characters are geniuses. So like that is a little bit annoying. And if you can get past that, and I mean to be fair, a lot of serial 
like slasher movies. Right. The main characters aren't very smart, no, so no. it's fine. Let's That's... get naked and have premarital sex. Yeah, I'll get in this body or in this sleeping bag. Just watch. Um, but yeah, no. So overall, great experience. Now, how do you feel about watching? Remember what I said when this conversation started: the remake of this film. I'll watch it. So those of you who don't know, I think the remake was in like 2018. Something like that? Yeah, it was it's fairly new. It's fairly recent and apparently like people liked it. Now, how will you tell this story but like remade? Remember the dialogue we were dealing with here? My friend had a bunch of notes and you can read them if you want. Okay. I, and I, that's the pool scene. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm interested in learning. I would like to see that. Hopefully, uh, relatively soon, so we can compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a good show. Compare and contrast between... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. Tune in. Let us know if you'd like to see a series or a, a segment, a show segment, where we compare original with remake. Why not? There's plenty now. There's just a ton. It is ongoing forever. Oh, can I forever. give you one? Wreck and Quarantine. Ugh. By the way, Rex way better. So this is just a shit like we're gonna be just dogging on on quarantine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah poor yeah, yeah. poor Dexter Dexter's sister. I love Deborah that Morgan. That was her sister. Deborah that, Morgan. That was his sister. Yeah, and Dexter. That's I the would, lady. I don't that's know. That's the man. lady that plays Dexter's sister and Michael C. Hall's real life wife. I always thought it was the wife character or love interest of the of the character. I never thought it was. I never saw Dexter. Well, Dexter's sister. The actress that plays his sister is his wife. Is that not a little weird for them? I mean, it's fine. Like, it's a great show and they act their roles great. I'm just saying it must be weird on set to be like, hey, babe, ready to play brother and sister? Yeah. Little little bit of Code Veronica results screen getting right there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, please let us know how you feel about the movie Suspiria if you've seen it. Let us know what your first reaction was. Or if you decide on seeing it, if we somehow have inspired you to watch Suspiria, good news. It's on fucking YouTube. For free. For free. You don't even need any fucking Netflix. There will be ad breaks. There, will, But yeah, but even then, if you have ad block, I mean, if you, uh, uh, if never you mind. have YouTube premium, if you have YouTube premium, you can use it here. See, that's also on the bingo. That yeah, I forgot premium. To add. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Premium, more like creamy, but that's not I even mine. I fucking hate you because every time I see premium, I hear creamy. More like creamy. I hear your voice. It's Tim and Eric. It's not me. I didn't come up with that. No, I but I take, hear your yeah. voice. Okay. I appreciate that. But again, let us know if you're going to go see it or if you've already seen it and tell us if you picked up something that we didn't. I am fairly certain we will be coming back and doing a reaction review of the remake. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. Unless the remake is, like, amazing and we end up doing a special or something, but I we can't keep doing this. Well, people do like our specials. Yeah. Well, they just like us talking. That's fair. That's right. All right, everybody. Let's get it to those shout-outs. Uh, I'll go first. Sure. Uh, Lindsay Misleading, our resident Zatanna Zatara, uh, Jesus Valentine, Nicholas Uritic, Robot Stone Age Crew, Cody, CJ, Kehlani, Paul Fusek, Oscar Ortiz, and Samuel Torres. Alrighty. Oh my gosh. I feel like an absolute asshole because I don't remember the... I wish Dr. Rude gave me a list of his, his people on his oh, list. Oh, I gotta I gotta talk about the Hunt Boys. The D&D uh, crew. Well, let me do the Hunt oh, okay, Boys because he does it in that order. Yes. Um, Justin, Jeff, Scott, Ken, if you're listening. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Cheyenne. Uh, Did you say fuck you to the right person? No, I didn't say fuck you. No, no, no more fuck yous. Oh, okay, uh, Cheyenne, thank you so much for listening. 
We really appreciate you. Um, also, uh, Jesus, who else does he say? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Crows Be Damned, right? Crows Be Damned. <laughs> Crow- All right, Crows of the Damned, that's free. Uh, just hear it from us. You can use that wherever you want. Crows Be Damned. I like it. <laughs> but that's that's one of his D&D crew, 100%, right? 100%, yeah. Who else is on his D&D crew? I... Sorry, he never left us a list and I he look, never showed up. I, I literally need a list for my own people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I, Rude went out for milk and never came back. I know. He, I sure hope he comes back with those cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to do yours or mine? I just did mine. Oh, did you? No, he didn't do Robot Stone Age, Cody. I did. I did. You weren't listening. I don't listen, period. Okay? Clearly. Either way, CJ, Cody, Kehlani, love you guys. Um, We got Von Condersmite, Beefy Sumo. By the way, love you, Beefy. You're always so supportive and you're so beefy. Uh, Squinty, Screechy Kai, Julian the Czar. Um, by the way, extra special Julian the Czar for watching Paranoia Agent with me. Love you. Screechy, thank you for being supportive on the Twitter. Uh, Megan Peepo, Curls of the Damned, Lindsay Misleading, can't wait for your wedding. Uh, Izumi Chenmaru, CJ to DJ, Boogle, and Burnsy. And Burnsy also being so supportive on the Twitter. I'm loving your fucking lists, my dude. Keep them coming. Uh, yeah, he actually does make it. Bro, you he put he, Peace Walker. You fucking shade thrower, man. Respect <laughs> he, his fucking... He's like, Peace Walker and s rank. Yeah, but this poor guy, he responds and he's like, well, I mean, I liked it. I mean, it's, I know it's not for everybody. And I'm like, Bernsey, you shouldn't be fucking ashamed of your own favorite game. Don't let him be a dick. He's, it's just, it's wild, bro. Who would have known? And he put Metal Gear Solid 2 at A. I was like... Really, bro? It has- I should I should get back to Peace Walker then, because if because if he's saying it's S rank, I gotta I gotta really play it again. They have shit to say, and there's no other oh, game. Oh shit! You know who should play Peace Walker? Bone King and Ugh. Bone King TV. Yes. Where where can we find you on Twitter and Twitch? On Twitch TV at Bone King TV, and I'm also on Twitter as well as YouTube. But hey, those are for the old stuff. I'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Oh, my Twitter's at Adrian Dooliness. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it's it's fine. You weren't focused with your left and right brain. I was just about to say I can You're only... You're a genius, though. I, I'm a genius, and I can only use my right ear, and I was using my left ear to hear myself for a second. Now, excuse me while I stop the episode. No, hold on. Which, which hand? Wait a minute. I hear bells. Oh my, did this turn to, did this room just turn neon red all of a Oh my god, it's the goblins. <laughs> <laughs>